Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Johnny Depp and Leo Varadkar dominate the front pages of many of the papers. The Red Tops go with uh, Johnny Depp, none more so than The Sun, because they were the uh, newspaper that were in court uh, being sued for libel and defamation and winning their case. It was found that the judge uh, came down in favour of The Sun and indeed Amber Heard. I know I spoke about this on the air yesterday morning, just as the news was being broken around about 11 o'clock yesterday morning, so all the papers have it. Uh, they say in the front of the Irish Sun this morning, he is, and they and they un, they define the word is. He is a wife beater. They say. Uh, in fact, the English uh, London Times this morning has a catalogue of Johnny Depp's violence by the addict who actually called himself a monster. Uh, the big question now is: Will Johnny, or as they're calling him in the Star this morning, Johnny Rotten, now be dumped by Hollywood? Some people have come out in defence of them, including Shane McGowan, uh, saying to him uh, in an online message, "Who takes any notice of the effing son anyway?" Uh, judge finds that uh, Deb did beat uh, beat up his uh, ex-wife Amber. Ex-wife Amber, uh, Irish pals in shock over UK court ruling. That's pals of Johnny Depp, obviously. Um, as to what happens to his movie career now we shall have to wait and see uh, Ryan Giggs um, has been arrested it's a story from the Sun's front page as well on suspicion of assaulting his girlfriend so that's uh, something that may well play out with a police investigation or indeed uh, maybe a court appearance who's no, who knows um, but Mial Martin and Leo Varadkar make the front of many of the Irish newspapers here's the deal now Martin says that what Leo Varadkar did you know was shabby uh, he, he could have done better. He shouldn't have leaked the information. But it's not a sacking offence. Uh, and we're going to move on from it. Uh, and he's given Leo Varadkar... This is my take on this. Now, you might disagree. He's given Leo Varadkar his backing. But only on the basis that Leo Varadkar cops himself on um, and stops undermining the government by tweeting and Facebooking and giving off-the-cuff interviews and, you know, putting up uh, videos and telling people the state of play. Um, so he wants him to cop on that, all, all, cop that stuff on uh, and allow him to be the Taoiseach and run the country in return uh, for giving him a break uh, on uh, leaking the medical contract document. So many of the papers have that this morning. Good news on Lisa, actually, with the Pfizer's and Ringerskiddy investing 300 million euro. The pharma multinational, and that clearly now will mean uh, more jobs. A hundred jobs will be created in Ringerskiddy within the next three years. So I didn't want that to go unnoticed. There is an Irish firm now, a couple of guys who have come up with a 15-minute COVID test that could be sold in pharmacies for just 25 euro. I mean, it makes the play uh, that private industry actually are the ones that can lead our way out of this, as opposed to waiting uh, for the HSE, which crawls at a snail's pace with regards to most of what it does. So an Irish company developing rapid COVID tests, as I say, available in a pharmacy for as little as perhaps 15 euro, but certainly no more than 25, uh, seven times cheaper than some of the tests that are currently on the market. That's a story from the Independent this morning. Um, the amount of force used or having to be used by the Gardaí is on the increase. I wonder what your thoughts are on that, where the Gardaí can use force or restraint. Certainly there's been an increase in the use of force by the Gardaí, probably because there's been a proportionate increase in the amount of public order cases of the things that the Gardaí have to go and break up, stop, intervene or sort out. Uh, so we have an example of that actually, of a very dangerous man jailed for two years an examiner story this morning jailed for two years following a lunchtime robbery of a bottle of vodka from another man in a park 
He stabbed him in the leg. If you're thinking it was Bishop Lucy Park, you'd be absolutely right. A fellow called Jason O'Callaghan, he had five previous convictions for assault causing harm, two for assault and one for hijacking a car. So he stabbed the other character in the leg. Uh, for his bottle of vodka. Apparently, early in the day, he stole a steak knife from Delia's kitchen supply shop on Kerry's Lane. Why did he want the steak knife? Well, now you can see why. Uh, with regards to COVID and the way uh, we change, with regards to uh, how we spend our time, uh, where we go, how we socialize, what we eat, Domino's is creating 715 new jobs because they and many other pizza chain chains continue to benefit from COVID-19 pandemic. I was telling you about the amount of takeout, the click and collect food service that are available on Leaside with Sober Lane on yesterday. I told you about the 500 carvery meals they served out uh, through the um, Murphy's Rock Bar uh, on Sunday alone. Uh, so that's the reason why. Takeout, click and collect, delivery through the roof. Um, and of course, the UK goes into lockdown on Thursday. By the way, you won't be able to golf in the UK during lockdown. But interestingly, you will be allowed to go fishing. In fact, you'll be able to go fishing with a buddy, you and one other. We've had callers on this program over the last uh, couple of weeks and certainly way through the last lockdown saying, what in the name of God is wrong with a fella or a girl going fishing on their own on the side of a bank? But in the UK now, Weatherspoons, until last orders tomorrow night apparently, will be selling all pints for 99p. There's a queue from the London Times this morning that is 397 metres long. Now, Mark Willington is trying to convince me this morning that this queue has to do with people queuing for toilet rolls. But I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure that's 100% accurate. A 400 metre long loo roll queue, but it's a queue nonetheless. Trump makes many of the papers. Uh, Trump, uh, of course, uh, the Dapper Don versus Sleep Joe and uh, how many people will be staying up overnight tonight I'll give it a go but I don't know will I last but we'll see Brendan O'Carroll says that uh, the Americans love Trump because he's a bully and Donald Trump is saying that he will uh, he will it's alleged that he's plotting to declare himself the winner of the US election even before the results are known would he still keep claiming it um, if he loses for instance anyway let's see what happens overnight and if you didn't know it probably do if you're driving a motor car your premiums for motor insurance go up year on year on I'd love to meet somebody who's actually insurance came down um, but the report out this morning uh, in the Irish Examiner says the drivers are still being ripped off uh, consumers have paid 50% more for your car insurance now than you did in 2013 so this basically seven years your car insurance has gone up by 50% even though claims motor insurance claims have dropped. I was reading it this morning and I think one of the issues is that uh, claims have dropped, but the amount of money they're paying out in settled claims has gone up. But in spite of that, insurance companies still go on to make massive profits. So I don't know how you can stand over 50% increase. Vicky, Vicky Fila makes many of the papers this morning. She says that it was inevitable that at some stage Pembro would stop keeping the cancer away. And she announced on uh, Twitter last night and the newspapers pick up on it that she has developed a new tumour and her cancer is growing again. She is an incredibly powerful woman. She is such a, such a brave woman. Diagnosed back in 2014 and she's been front and centre ever since then fighting for proper treatment for women 
uh, with cervical cancer or indeed those going through cervical smears. And we wish her the best of luck, don't we? Lines are open at one 850 The Neil Prenderville Show. Lots of texts, lots of emails. To those of you that perhaps uh, are struggling with the weight and have been for a considerable length of time, a little later on this morning I will talk to Leah, who went for not a gastric band, but a gastric bypass, which was an operation that she had overseas that shrunk her stomach down to a tiny size. And she lost huge amounts of weight, something in the region of 10 stone. More on that throughout the course of the morning. Another thing, another type of shrinking that I want to do at some stage, uh, not whether it be today, maybe later in the week, shrinkflation, shrinkflation. As we head into uh, Christmas, the amount of stuff that you buy now, as usually it's food, sometimes it's, uh, it's domestic products and stuff, that has got smaller over the years, literally smaller and smaller and smaller. So more, more on that. Um, but you know how you should be supporting your own. Uh, somebody sent me a photograph of a beautiful Christmas card. It says Christmas wishes from Cork. And it's Santa Claus. Uh, you know the traditional color drawings, beautiful drawings. Santa Claus in somebody's house bending down with the snow outside and he's giving the little cat a saucer of milk. I suppose he's given him some of his milk that was left out with the milk and biscuits, or as they say now, milk and cookies. Anyway, Christmas wishes from Cork. When you turn the card over, it's got the Union Jack on the back of it, and it says, designed and manufactured in Britain. I mean, where would you be going? Like, what's that about? And apparently, it's being sold in Irish post offices. Cork Christmas cards. Um... Made, designed and printed in the UK. It's a bit like Trump's hat. Do you see Trump's hat? Make America great again. If you look at the inside of it, apparently, <laughs> he's got another slogan now, which is called Made in the USA. Made in the USA. And they chant it. But somebody sent me a video last night. If you look inside Trump's hat at the little lapel bit on the back of it, it says, Made in China. <laughs> anyway, we call, we got calls on the way. Hang in there. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Fair play to you, Rose. She says, Neil, the first thing I check when I get a card uh, is where it was made. I refuse to buy it if it's not made in Ireland. We usually end up having them made. Wouldn't it be, thanks, Rose. Wouldn't it be a great idea if kids have time on their hands or you have time on your hands? You're somewhat creative. You make your own Christmas cards and that we all decide that we send, that we will send more Christmas cards. I want to talk about the postal service a little later on since they closed down Little Island. It's an absolute joke because everything now, if you want to send something to Kerry, you post it in Cork, it goes to Port Leash and then it goes to Kerry. Where's the sense in that kind of nonsense and the jobs that were lost because of it? Anyway, if it's not Cork cards made in the UK and Trump's hat, Make America Great Again, made in China, it shows the importance of doing the best we can uh, for the businesses in our own locality, in Ireland, in Munster, and indeed in Cork. Can I talk to Teresa Venables, please? Teresa, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Tell me about your extraordinary success in recent weeks. But rewind first to when I think you were laid off or lost your job, was it? Uh, no, I, I'm just not working at the moment. Yeah, but so back along, just, back in the, you know, I think it was, was, were you working back at the start of COVID, the lads were telling me or something like that? Um, I was, yeah, yeah, I was. Um, but I actually, I, I'm one of the lucky ones in that I wasn't laid off, but the work just came to an end for me there a few gotcha. months ago. Okay, so, so it did come yeah. to an end. And what did you decide to do? So I just, um, because I had some free time on my hands, I 
I love to shop online. I do most of my shopping online, but I just found during the first lockdown, we we all were desperate to buy things for spring at the time to get our dinners going and all that, and hardware shops were closed. And I just found myself ordering stuff from overseas. And um, because, you know, you Google search and everything, you end up on overseas websites. So I just could see, you know, the Christmas season was upon us and shops were having to close again and we really needed something. So it needed to be quick and something that people understood very fast. So I set up a Facebook group and what the group is, is it's called Shop in Ireland and you just go to Facebook, you search Shop in Ireland and you'll see the group and you just join group and you just get in straight away. There's no... um, What would I see then upon uh, following the link to that Facebook page? So what we have is we have people who produce stuff in Ireland or sell stuff in Ireland, all small businesses, and they're just posting up what they sell. And you can, and they'll have a link to their business page or their website. You'll be able to comment on the post or go straight into their website through the link and and order whatever you see. So, so seven hundred businesses in a number of weeks have joined your Facebook page to say we're here, we're selling in the Irish market. We want people to support us. Um, we actually have vastly more than that. We're getting about seven hundred posts a day on the site at the moment. Pardon me, <laughs> seven hundred um, a day. Yeah, but we're we're having to monitor. We're having to seven hundred businesses a day. Yeah, yeah, it's astonishing. A lot of them are small time crafters who have spent the last few months build, making their products to sell at Christmas markets, and now find themselves with nowhere to sell their products. There was this story that I heard last week. Right, it's from up the country. Can't remember the details of the person involved or anything. This guy decided that he was going to start making jigsaws. Right. Um, yep. traditional jigsaws, make them himself in quantity to sell on the Irish mm-hmm. market. So he started making his jigsaws, he had different designs and everything. He built a Facebook page and he put them up and he gave a link to a portal where people could order them and he went to bed. And the next morning upon waking up, overnight while he was sleeping, he had €4,000 worth of orders while he Absolutely. was asleep. Yeah. This think, is happening to all of the people who post on our page. Think it's, about it's that. Astonishing. I mean, think about that. I mean, yeah. It's incredible. It is amazing. Um, we've had um, lots of feedback from crafters who, you know, normally have a stock for maybe doing a dozen Christmas markets, and, and now they've sold out of their stock in two days on our site. Um, and they're getting orders to produce more into January and beyond. So it's just going beyond the Christmas market now. Um, we've had um, a lot of artists who just have nowhere to sell their, their artwork and these people tr- are trying to make a living somehow. Um, one lady um, artist, she sold 16 paintings in three days. I mean, it's uh, huge numbers for her, you know. And her price um, point was probably attractive to people who wanted to buy them. They weren't ridiculous well, also, money. Even 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 the, the, the very high-end stuff is also on there now and we've we've attracted, uh, it's become popular overseas so we've quite a lot of American and uh, Australian and stuff people on there and they're, they're ordering and having it chipped over to them because they want something Irish. So you have this Shop in Ireland Facebook page that I think mm-hmm. now you're going to redesign. It's like, it's like Ireland's version of, of Amazon. Exactly. Honest, and I'm um, there is limitations within Facebook in that, you know, it's not that easy to search for an item. No, it's not. Like so that. you're going to have to move it now because so of its success. We're moving it now. Yeah, yeah. So what we're doing is um, from next week, we'll have a um, a website at shopinireland.ie and it will be just like um, 
Ireland's answer to Amazon. So when you go on there and search for a product, it will work all the same. You can shop through categories and all of that stuff. You um, can order direct to the, the producer or the, the retailer and you can um, pay with your card online and the whole lot and it'll just arrive at your door. But okay, you'll know you, by shopping on the site that you're supporting Irish. Have you put in some kind of security checks on this with regards to people's credit card details and companies being honourable and not being shysters and all that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So the, it's a weird platform just like, you know, Dundeal or any of those. Um, or uh, Amazon or anything and then the payments go through a, a stripe it's called it's an international payment the two lads out of Limerick yeah yeah. and they yeah and they um, they uh, they process the payment and there's kind of security via your visa card that way uh, so we don't actually deal with the money ourselves it's all dealt with a third that's party right. that's right and it, that's how it's secure nor, so do you, it's, nor do you carry any of the stock like like to some oh, extent Amazon not. does you know it's simpler exactly. for you isn't it we, we won't be we won't be carrying the stock yet yeah. now so, what I do want to say Neil is that we we want to support the local small shops and boutiques and shoe shops and all of that that are closed as well and I know that they think that, you know, they can't sell because maybe they import their shoes. They don't make them in Ireland and that. But we are supporting all of those as well. So if you are ordering a shoe that might be made in Germany on our site, you know you're buying it from a small retailer in Ireland. So you're still shopping locally. So I just wanted to say that we are helping those businesses out as well as the homemade. I think it's incredible. I think it's an incredible achievement in such a short space of time. But how come nobody thought of this before? Or did they? And you're just doing it better? I... I there, I don't know, Neil. I don't know. As far as the, I mean, the websites, there are websites popping up everywhere, but they're not, they won't have that, be able to purchase directly. Like we, uh, I've gone uh, and hired this complete genius of a web designer who's just made up um, the ability to be able to shop because it's very complicated to be the middleman without having a warehouse shipping it out myself. So he's done all the tech stuff in the background and it's we've managed to get it all working now we're getting people to sign up so that when the website goes live it's not empty so we're getting people to load their products on now this week and next week it'll be ready to go shopping in ireland.ie did you have to pump money into it is there was there risk involved in you did you have sleepless nights about it absolutely all the way yeah all of those and the more yeah (laughs) did you get any assistance from the state or any of the government agencies no, not what, nothing at all, no. Isn't that no. amazing? That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's all happened so quick, Neil. I haven't been able to figure out the whole process. I did contact, you know, Enterprise Ireland, but I just haven't heard back. And, you know, it's, it is, it's just really difficult, so we just had to run with it. And, you know, my, my sister has come on board with me and invested some money and to get it off the ground. Oh, sure, like there'll that. be so no stopping you. Yeah, 12 months time, in 12 months' time, you won't be talking to the likes of me at all. You'll probably be in a super <laughs> yacht down in the Bahamas or something with Branson. <laughs> but, um, but, Neil, I want to say thanks to him because um, it's very hard to get media coverage. I think it's a great story. And it's out of Castle yeah. Martyr. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely, yeah. We've got 110,000 members on the site and it's growing by 10,000 a day at the moment. Um, and the, the stories we're hearing from people is just so heartwarming. We've literally saved businesses from closing. You know? well, there's the story of the jigsaw, man. You see what's out there. People are desperate to buy and I think if we can encourage them to buy Irish, um, you know. Yeah, a, we, like, I think uh, everybody wants to support Irish this year. It's just not that easy when you go online to figure out who's Irish and who isn't. And for so. you, because obviously I have to acknowledge, for you, you take a slice of the price, of course. That's a business you're running, and rightly so. Uh, 
right right now obviously on, on the Facebook page it's all done for free and there's five of us working around the clock for free on it the um uh, the website we will take five percent. Yes. And tell um, me, just just off the hoof, what are the what are the maybe number one, two, and three that people are buying? What are they mad keen for? Is it toys? Is it clothing? Is it electrical equipment? What is it? You know, it varies so much. Um, we've had you know, we had an eighteen year old who um, posted up. Well, his mum posted it up actually that he makes like reindeers out of wooden logs and he does other woodcraft that it's a hobby for him but he's so passionate about it he started selling them and they have had over 600 orders they can't cope that's you know? the thing you see be careful what you um, wish for because you need to be able to step <laughs> up <laughs> but we've we you know we've got um uh there's a lady who does skincare products uh, in galway and she said she got more orders in one week through our site than she did after appearing on dragon's den 10 years ago isn't that amazing? It really Isn't it? is. It it's really incredible. is. And so just for the, the people who are afraid to maybe go on the website or just it's going to be an easy process. We'll help them through it. And if they're not comfortable with it, that's fine. They can still post on the Facebook page. That's still a free service and it's still going to be there and we're still going to work on that as well. Okay, well, on Monday, uh, when you go live, do let me know and I'll push it then when shoppinginireland.ie goes live. Shop in Ireland. Yeah. Shop in Ireland. My apologies, it's shopping in Ireland. So That's shopinireland.ie from Monday. Uh, it's a great yeah. story from somebody who has no background whatsoever, uh, really, in online retail or limited knowledge of social media. You know, Exactly. Uh, it's just hard work and determination, really, Neil, you know. Well done. Well done. I think it's a great story. Um, and uh, let's revisit it on Monday when you go live and drive traffic your way, okay? Thank you so much. Can I just say one quick thing? Sure. My mum has never missed an episode of your show ever, and she's about to be wheeled into surgery in CUH right now, so I wish her that. Uh, what's, her na- what's her name? Pat Conway. Pat. Well, all will yeah. go well today, and she's a classy lady, so good luck to her, and good luck to you as well, all right? Thanks very much. Cheers, okay. Teresa. Bye. Great Bye. story, and for Monday, out of Castle Martyr, that will go live, shopinireland.ie, and every day, 700 new businesses are coming on board daily, um, and this will be... This will be Ireland's answer to Amazon. And this is from somebody who took a punt, took a risk, an entrepreneur, if you like, with no background in any of this area before. And it will go from strength to strength. I think it's a great story. And I wanted to get um, the whole idea is to try and get as much positivity out there. Because you know what? Uh, COVID can be worrying and it can be awfully, awfully boring and repetitive, I believe, anyway. So it's good to mix mix things up. Darren, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? So that's the kind of business and that's they're the kind of businesses that you want to see supported more, right? Because you believe um, it's not happening. Absolutely Neil, yeah. I've, um, I, I've recently opened up a new business myself uh, in the city. Um, but do, you mind, do you mind if I tell people what it is? Yeah, it's um, Fat Badgers. It's, um, it's a takeaway on one side and it's an ice cream parlor on the other. It's on where, Western Road. Where on the Western Road are you, pal? Uh, right across from the main UCC gate. Oh, I, I cycled past you there last weekend. It's a, I'm delighted that that building is open again. Congratulations, yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So, um, yeah, no, look, I, I love the show, Neil. I'm always listening every morning, but what I'm kind of actually getting a bit fed up of, actually, is um, the same three or four big shots getting airtime. Now, you might disagree, but I feel like every time I tune in, it's either, I won't name any names, but you know who they are, I think everybody at this stage knows, um, it seems to be getting plugged the same three or four people who have multiple businesses online. Um, yesterday, 
morning you had someone on and then I was listening to the news on the way, dropping the kids to school. The same person was on again. Um, I don't know. I feel you could maybe get in touch, get out there and more smaller family-run businesses. Good point. I mean, I, I take it on board. I take on board what you're saying. Yesterday morning, it was a, a publican who uh, is involved in gastro food now, yeah. obviously, it's a gastro pub who sold more in one night than they ever would have done outside of lockdown. I thought that was a happy story, you know. No, no Neil, I'm not, I'm not disagree. I think, uh, I think there's a bit of fun and games going on there. I think, you know, all for a uh, bit of exaggeration there, I reckon, but, you know, we can't get into that. But I, I don't know anything about that. I, I can only take it as, at face value. I, I do know yeah. that, that with, with one of the big topics of conversation in months and months now has been pubs and restaurants. So that's probably yeah. why you're hearing some of the bigger pubs and restaurants. And if that frustrates you, my apologies for that. You are a smaller business. But sometimes sometimes we might see stuff online that would make a good call. And that's the reason why we would contact people, you know. I mean, if you were to yeah, put up yeah. something funky. Just, yeah. then like um, we've had deep companies, uh, businesses like Cork BO, the Irish Examiner, the Commerce Society and UCC. They all contact, contacted us, you know. But I didn't hear anything off Red FM. And that's just the point I'd like to make. Okay, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't, and, you know, I wasn't aware. You know, you, know. you know who the same people are, same interviews, the three or four, Princess Street, all that area, you know? Well, Princess Street I, I, did I, get I, a lot of attention because it went, um, it went outdoors and they put tables and chairs and they're going to put, you know, there's, there's no hidden yeah, agendas here. There's, like it's there's just, always an excuse. They, they sold the most. They put chairs outside. There's always something, you know? And these people... They're very built, good businessmen. They're in the game a long time, and they know how to work it. But I thought Red FM would keep past that and go down into smaller businesses and and contact them, get in touch with them. Well, we have done a lot of voxes, and we have done a lot of reports from the likes of the English Market or Oliver Plunkett Street or various places like that. Yeah, we did, we did a lot of we did a lot of voxes from the various markets that set up during the week and at the weekend. So, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. listen, listen, I, I take on board what you're saying, but. I think we have done some good in that regard, and I, I acknowledge that we need to do more and more. If small businesses were to get in touch, I'm, I'm very happy to promote them, absolutely. That's why you're on the air right now from, yeah, from Fat yeah, Badger's Takeaway on the Western Road, you know? Because you probably yeah, can't afford yeah. a big advertising budget, I suppose. I, I can't, and you know, I've contacted Red FM a few times, and to be fair, it is what it is, and that's I just can't afford it at the minute, but you know, when I see Again, I, I call them the three or four big shots around Cork because they are very successful and they have many, many businesses. They can well afford to advertise. You and said that is, right uh, same week in, week out fair, can fair be very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I think you were saying stop promoting the wealthy businesses um, and start supporting more small. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Neil, I work for these wealthy businesses. I've born and raised in Cork since I was 16. I've been working in these places and I've seen what goes on I've seen the finances they have and I think Well I think all business people take risk Darren you know and sometimes the bigger the business the bigger the risk in in their defence you know Well I'm not I'm I'm not saying that but I suppose it's the same sort of risk that I'm taking Fair enough everything is relative yeah Yeah, everything is relative Yeah if you put it into perspective Okay when when Um, you say Fat Badger's takeaway what what are you carrying there on the Western Road if I was to come out there of a lunchtime or on the way home so we um, we do um this, I, I didn't make this email to plug myself. No, but, no you didn't. I, I'm, as, I'm asking you. I'm interested yeah, in yeah. hearing. 
Um, we, so we do, um, we have eight different pizzas, burgers, and loaded fries. So we've kept the menu quite small. They do, do everything homemade. And um, we've cut the deals as well for the students. And then we have um, a dinner deal for everyone then as well in the evening. So we're trying to cater for everyone, you know. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, and um, how's, it, how's it going for you? Challenging, I guess. It, it is, Neil. It is. It's it's tough. It's very tough. It's, okay. okay. I'm probably doing 70 hours a week, um, taking home the bare minimum, really. But, we, you know, we've got six staff, which is good. Um, we're using all local suppliers, again, which is creating more jobs, I suppose, keeping them in business. And everything is fresh, not frozen, if you're using all local suppliers, in fairness. We, we don't have... We, we have a tiny little freezer, and that's the honest God, so we... we, we we don't, there's nothing in a freezer, really. Okay, okay. Well, listen, Darren, I'll take on board what you're saying. Absolutely. Happy to chat with you and happy to tell people uh, to go and check out what you're doing on the Western Road. All right? Brilliant. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, Neil, can I just say something? Sure. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank you for what um, my granddad, Dennis O'Connor. Tell me about Remember him. him. He was... Uh, he fought off the armed robbers in Denmark. Oh, yeah, legend. Yeah, hero. Yeah, he was, yeah. So just thanks for giving him some nice mentions. Not at all, my friend. Happy to oblige. Take care of yourself, Darren. All thanks right, for getting, thanks thanks for getting in touch. Text 0868-104-106. Uh, do him good, but can do better, he says. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868-104-106. Red FM. Text her saying, do you have to be on Facebook to get on that site? No, you don't. From Monday, shopinireland.ie will also have its own dedicated page, which you'll be able to just Google on your laptop or your tablet or whatever. You don't have to have a Facebook page from Monday. The site goes live. Right, a lot of calls on this and I want to plough ahead and get as many people on the air as possible. Heather, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, here's another example of somebody who decided to uh, do something differently when you were made redundant at the start of COVID, was it? Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, literally the very start of COVID. I think it was just before Patrick's Day. So, um, I have a food blog on Facebook called Vegan is the New Black and I've had that since 2013. Vegan is the New Black, that's a good one. Yeah, (laughs) I just saw, you know, all the celebrities like going vegan for a week and I just thought, you know, it's like the new fashion. So that's where I got that from. But um, What were you doing? But, you know, what job had you when you were laid off? um, I was managing a cafe. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so you kind of got flipped on your head business-wise then to a large extent, did you? Yeah, yeah. So, and like, was meant to be getting married this year in July and all that. So like, you know, I everything was just kind of turned around for me. So so what did you decide to do? You were you were getting involved in veganism, but how did that get you to uh, to cosmetic product, products or lip balms? Um, well, I love makeup and I've always loved makeup and skincare and stuff and you know, I want to buy only cruelty-free products and I've always kind of used natural products myself like coconut oil for my hair, shea butter and things like that on my skin. So I decided to make a lip balm because I found any lip balm I was buying would just dry out your lips more and like I honestly have not had dry lips during winter. Do, is it women primarily skin. buy lip balm, is it? I certainly don't. Maybe should I? Well, my... <laughs> My fiance uses it and like he wouldn't have used lip balm before, but like he finds it great in the winter and he 
uses it like on if you have a bit of dry skin or I if I'm putting it on and I have some left on my hands I'll put it on the end of my hair like don't get me wrong I have tried it like but I find it very waxy and oily and annoying well, this, it, I, I'm going to send you in some anyway because I'm making more tomorrow uh, when I get. Will I have? Will I have luscious, beautiful lips then? You will. They'll never be dry again. But um, no, I gave some to a couple of guys that I know, and like, yeah, they might think like, oh, I don't use lip balm, but like in the winter, they're like, oh, this will actually great, you know. And my friend that was going to. Um, she was going skiing at the start of the year. I gave her some and like she found a great over. Oh, you definitely would need weather. something for that, yeah. yeah. And where are you so, selling? Um, in my goodness, in the English market. You know, they have the raw vegan place in the English market on the Princess Street side and on neighbour food. So there would be no animal product uh, and no animal testing. Isn't that what yeah, it is? So it's all and it's all natural and I use organic where I can, like, I've organic shea butter and coconut oil. Are you keeping up with stocks? I mean, are you literally making it at home or what? I, yeah, I'm making it at home. So I was kind of testing it myself and giving it to family and friends and then seeing which, you know, quantities of what works better. And I found that the I use a lot of shea butter because I think coconut oil, it can kind of evaporate quickly. And I find, like, if I put it on before I go to bed, that it can still feel like it's there in the morning and I've used it on tattoos and I'm actually coming up with the tattoo balm at the moment because like my best friend is a tattoo artist and I've been using it on my tattoos but I'm going to put in extra things for skin healing like vitamin E and stuff so we're going to work together on that and I just started making a coffee lip scrub as well and I just ordered tins for that so I want to start selling that at Christmas time as well. And are you selling much? Um, well, just from I dock my goodness, and there's a plastic free stall. She does the cold K on Saturdays, Black Rock Sundays, and Balancholic Wednesdays, Bantry Fridays, and she does the neighbourhood as well. So I'd mainly just be supplying them. I haven't been kind of selling myself because I have to set up a website, but I am, you can DM me on Facebook or Instagram. So you're but, working uh, on the website, are you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to find someone in Cork that would help me with the website. So well, hold, hold on there, if you don't mind, because I came across uh, an article there last week from Damien Shreenan, um, regular on this program, good guy. Uh, he's gone above and beyond helping local businesses like yours, offering to set up websites for them free of charge. Damien joins me by phone. Damien, good morning. Morning, Neil. How here's, are you? A, here's a case study for you then. Heather, isn't it? Yeah, it's Heather. Damien, what isn't that an example of what you want to do or what you are doing? Yeah, I, I suppose. Look, I, I, I saw the. I, I know myself that shops and businesses need to get online um, with what was going on. So I just kind of offered my services free, where I set up a, a Shopify store for them online and help with a website and stuff, and just get get them set up, get them running, and leave them take over it, and then you know just sell their products. Um, and to be fair, like. Even Shopify got on to me and said they'll help, and you know there's there's plenty of help there. And I am a, I have a bit of a backlog at the moment. Already. I would have thought so uh, if you put up something saying yeah. if any small Cork retailers who don't have yeah. an online presence, uh, I'll gladly set it up online for free. You are going to get take up on it. Yeah, look, there was there was uh, in the end sixty two businesses. Um, some of them were very quick fixes. Um, like you know, I suppose Rehome and Cork 
pets that I they wanted to sell a calendar. That was that's that's online since two, two or three days ago. Some are a bit more products, but look. Um, I, I just got another message off someone last night offering to help and there was so many people actually helped around Cork um, people donating money to help and um, you know because you look everyone kind of it was brilliant to see it was actually very overwhelming and stuff um, so if look I'm here and I know there's loads of other people who are definitely willing to help and you know get people set up online Okay I'll let you go Heather but no excuse Damien will do the Perfect. business for you and I'll put you back on hold and they can give you the information alright Brilliant. Thanks very much. And let me know how things go for you, all right? I will, and I'll send you in some, and you can let me know yourself. Oh, I can't wait to have my <laughs> luscious lips. <laughs> Thanks very much, Neil. All right. Cheers, Heather. Good luck for now. So, good take-up then, Damien. Not a whole lot of money involved either, so there's not? I mean, a domain no, I- a domain price is cheap, I would think. Yeah, a fiver. Um, but that would be if, you know, for a .ie. Um, the big thing is that, you know, if businesses are interested and get themselves a .ie and it gives people, you know, n- knowing that they're buying Irish as well um, and a bit more kind of security because I suppose uh, .coms can be set up by pretty much anyone whereas if you've got a .ie, it's, it's a registered Irish business and people can trust it. So that was the, the kind of the plan. There was a huge take-up in it and probably <laughs> I didn't expect it to be as big as what it was. Um, but you know, people. There was oh, it was unbelievable. I was getting emails and messages and you know things from people saying you know, oh, here's there was one lady donated five hundred euros and we had to refuse it and say look, that's too much money and what I'm doing is kind of setting them up and paying them and then just sent sent people who offered to donate just a, a receipt and they'd send me through PayPal or something like that and it was so look, we're I have. I have about 10 um, bits of nearly done. I've got two or three that went out um, and now it's just a case of getting back down and, and, and working on it as well. Um, so yeah, people be patient, I suppose. What, what, like, uh, you know, years and years ago, people literally went directly to a web page. That is no longer the case now. You have to be bounced from somewhere else, whether it's a Facebook page, a Twitter account, or say, for instance, an Instagram account. Aren't I right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. It bounces you to the portal then where you can buy. Yeah, yeah. That's down to people's, you know, setting up their own Facebook pages and Instagram to to do a bit of marketing, getting the word out there. To be fair, there was a few, um, you know, even yourselves, I think, uh, I got a phone call from yourself saying, how can we help? And, and, you know, from one of the lads in your station, then we'd help advertise. And there's more other advertising companies. Brilliant. And they said, yeah. we'll, we'll chip in. And it was, it was really good. Um, the echo involved and stuff like that. So no, it's, it's been, it's been a bit of a, a land actually because I just didn't expect so many, but, right. but I mean, we're getting there. But there was so many people that offered to help, which was, Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, and a lot of people are helping. There's you, you know, with what you're doing. Uh, Stephen Ryan has been saying, big PR head in, in, in Cork, yeah. you, you know him. He said he'll do, is he doing free PR conferences and courses, isn't he? For businesses? Yeah, Stephen's very good. Uh, Stephen is brilliant. You know, so it's great to see people giving yourself. something back for free. Yeah, and look, it's all about helping Cork businesses and helping Cork people to, you know, just the fact that they're closed and stuff and things are tough at the moment and even still you know even when we come out of lockdown they'll still have to be able to sell online and it's, it's I suppose you know nowadays people a lot of people prefer to shop online and people would prefer to shop Irish but it's just so hard sometimes to find what you're looking for well that's why um, stories like Teresa Venables are superb aren't they shopinireland.ie yeah. I mean you're yeah, aware yeah. of her success in such a short space of time 
Yeah, I did receive a phone call from a, a lady yesterday. Um, I think she had got my number from from yourselves. She's actually looking to set up a, a website, um, which will have all Cork online businesses as well. And there's already the Cork City Shopping uh, is out there as well, um, from the Cork Chamber. So there's, you know, there's loads of people at the moment all trying to chip in. But my my thing is trying to get people online within the next two weeks so they're ready for Christmas because look, we all know retail is as busy as time is Christmas and people have started shopping already so it's trying to get uh, you know, trying to get everyone done now as soon as possible. And as well, isn't um, it? We need to get the balance redressed. Um, correct me if I'm wrong but something like 70% of all online business and online traffic and online money goes out of the country doesn't it? Oh, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, look, that's that's another that's another story but you know, the likes of Amazon and stuff like that, I mean Jesus, like you know, they're they're really hammering um they're hammering um Irish businesses. And Shopify did actually the, the head of Shopify, uh, John Reardon, actually personally rang me like and said he said, Look, you know, we're here to help local businesses um, fight back against Amazon uh, and give them a nice simple shop for themselves where they can manage and maintain and it is quite um, user friendly and easy to use so my plan is just to set it up get their templates get and off they go yeah. store, and off they go um, and they'll have you know their domain paid for them um, I go I held a Zoom class with um, I think there was nine or ten people on it where we I just kind of opened it up and showed them this is how it works and went through the fees and all these things with them and people were quite happy but it's now trying to get them all, get them done. Yeah. So are you taking new are you taking new clients or are you backed up for now? Um, look, they can pop me an email. At season, I suppose. Look, at the end of the day, uh, the, the, these shops will be quite simple. They'll be not, you know, they'll be a basic template, but they'll get the job done. Yeah. Down the line, if someone wants to upgrade or you know do whatever, they can get in touch with you know web designers and stuff like that. So don't pre- don't procrastinate uh, and don't be uh, fearful. This is easy. It's straightforward. So if people want to get in touch. Is that through Twitter? I guess. Yeah, I suppose Twitter is probably the easiest one. It's just Damien Sreenan, Um and they'll probably find me there on that. Okay, are you? I mean, are you still involved in the Bish and the Bish Sunbar? No, doing- no, I um, I sold my um, I had a, I sold my, I sold Body Shop actually um, in in May, um, which which is why I have a lot of free time. I I kind of look things were tough, and it was um. It was uh, it was probably the right time to sell. So okay, there's always the there's always the right time. To yeah. Yeah, so. Well, good luck to them and good luck to you as well. So Damien Treenan, S R E E N A N on Twitter. Uh, good luck okay. to you and well done for what you're doing. If I don't talk to you this side of uh, the end of the year. <laughs> Christmas. You've lips already anyway, Neil. I don't think you need any No one's lips. interested in my lips anymore. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> As I get older, nobody's interested in any of my body parts anymore. <laughs> good luck, Damien. Thank Cheers you. Good. Take care. Bye-bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Texture says, Nathan and Douglas support small businesses. Um, that man on air is right. Red FM are very slow to promote small businesses. It's all about the big and the wealthy businesses and what you can get from them to give away. Why not give a day over to promote those small businesses that are struggling, including the city's theatres, who are struggling since March and may not open again if this pandemic keeps going. They've given a lot of employment to a lot of people down through the years. It does not always have to be about the big businesses, says he. I think maybe, Nathan, uh, you're being selective, actually. It's very, very difficult when you're uh, uh, maybe hearing from time to time exactly what's going on in air. I'm not saying that I couldn't do better or the radio station couldn't do better, but I don't think that we are completely, um, um, you know, without 
uh, yeah, I think we have done quite a lot with regards to small business. I know I have uh, done through the years, so I think maybe, while you have a point, um, I think there's uh, a little bit more criticism that maybe is is warranted. Um, you make a point there with regards to uh, theatres. I know that the Opera House are, um, you know, launching a, a new calendar of events and interestingly enough, you talk about theatre and the Opera House will be on with me. Hopefully, um, certainly not not next week, but hopefully tomorrow, perhaps more likely to be Friday as soon as they get to have a look through, um, you know, their calendar of events. So that's good news in that regard. And I know I also have given out quite an amount of information uh, over the past few months with regards to the Everyman, but happy to continue to do the best we can. Uh, lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six on that and lots more besides. A lot of people wondering about supporting Irish and the details of that um, um, uh, website that when it goes live, shopinireland.ie will go live from next Monday. People are coming late to the program this morning and they missed all of the conversation with Teresa. So shopinireland.ie from Monday. Right now it's a Facebook page uh, and um, businesses are flocking to it on a daily basis. Teresa said some 700 businesses a day are linking and all of them want to do business with Irish people and Cork people. Certainly this side of Christmas. Uh, interesting day today. Today is World Sandwich Day. Uh, and we are, I suppose, to some extent talking about local businesses when I talk about World Sandwich Day. Um, so that makes it Cork's Sandwich Day as well. On Facebook and on Twitter, we're asking the question, where is the best sandwich in Cork? I would be surprised if the Long Valley isn't up there. I would be surprised if Brackens isn't up there. I would be surprised if Crust on McCartan Street isn't up there. Um, garage near me, actually, on the Douglas Road, Maxall. I shouldn't be telling you this because you'll all rush there. They do superb doorstep sandwiches every single lunchtime. So there's just a few off the top of my head. Text 0868104106. Already, we're getting stuff back on it. Cork's best sandwich. Paul says, Brackens or the Long Valley? The Long Valley when it's lashing rain outside. One of the coziest pubs in Ireland. And hopefully you'll get back there before too long, Paul. Irene agrees. It has to be the Long Valley. Daniel says Long Valley. Shannon. Shane, Long Valley. Mike, Long Valley. Francis, Long Valley. Mark says the Long Valley's corn beef salad. How did you know uh, that I love the corn beef salad just like you? Or at Christmas time, the spiced beef salad. Goretti says the Long Valley, the best. Big stone, delicious, fresh food. Serve with a smile. And it's also hard to beat Fitzpatrick's. Down Torn for a tasty sandwich. And way down west, uh, Duncan says, Bush's Bar in Baltimore for the sandwich and the soup. The combo, I suppose. Keep those coming on social and also text 0868104106. Morning all. Uh, the Cork Film Festival will happen. It'll happen online this year. The 65th Cork International Film Festival kicks off on Sunday. And Red FM is the media partner for that. And we have complimentary access to the screenings of your choice. You'll be watching them online. You can... Uh, Chromecast them to your TV, whatever you want to do. We have daily digital film passes for the film festival to give away every day this week. All right, these are complimentary. All of the details as to how you can watch the film festival, corkfilmfest.org. So today, day two of our film digital pass giveaway. Uh, I need you, when I open the phone lines around about a quarter to midday, I need you to reveal the beeped out word, tell me the actor, and the movie as well. Fairly straightforward, you would think. Uh, have a listen. Of all the... In all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. I know, I know. I'm insulting your intelligence. Of all the... In all the towns in all the world, 
she walks into mine. Two words, actually. Am I right there, Mark? It's actually two words, isn't it? Yeah. Two words beeped out there. So the two words, the actor uh, and the movie. In um, an unconnected matter, because there's nothing to do with the film, to read at the weekend that Sophie Loren is acting again at the age of 90 and her son is the director of the movie. Saw photographs of her in a, in a shoot over the weekend in, I think it was The Telegraph. And she looks fantastic. She really and truly does. Acting again at the age of 90. It's never too late. Lines open 1-850-104-106. Text 0868-104-106. Um, and a lot of stuff coming in there with regards to Cork's best sandwich. So keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. What's the name of the place in Jewtown? Over there around uh, the Jewtown area, Hibernian buildings and place. It used to be the old post office. Damn it. I used to go over there until I decided that uh, I'd have a heart attack if I kept eating as much of them. They, did a f- they do a fantastic Reuben roll. Somebody will text me and tell me the name, but I can't remember. Uh, they do a fabulous Reuben roll there in a long sub, crusty, crusty baked sub. You need to get in early because they sell out of those every single day. But today is uh, World Sandwich Day. And if you didn't know it, um, the most popular sandwich in the world, apparently, in the whole wide world, is the toasted ham and cheese special. So you'd have within your two slices of dace and bread, your ham, your cheese, your onion and your tomato, right? Black and black pepper and sea salt, I suppose. So that's the number one. Followed by a chicken or a turkey sandwich with stuffing. That's Ireland's second most popular sandwich. The toasted ham and cheese special number one. The chicken or turkey sandwich with stuffing number two. There are some new arrivals though, particularly with the younger generation who are a lot more experimental with regards to their fillings. So it includes the chicken tikka with sliced onion veggie. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, just ahead of baked beans with cheese and bacon. Bit of a messy one, I would have thought, but delicious. Baked beans with cheese and bacon. And for those um, that are a little older who can remember and reminisce of days of yore, the banana sandwich still gets a look in. But there is a new combination now, apparently, that people like. It is the banana and mayonnaise sandwich. Worth trying out, would you think? The banana and mayonnaise sandwich. Um, and of course, there's the old jam sandwich. And I imagine people, if you're old enough, can remember back in the day when you had sugar sandwiches. Just that. Just the bread. If you were lucky enough and wealthy enough, you'd have butter in it. If not, you had margarine and then sprinkles of sugar. Lop them together and you had a sugar sandwich. Uh, what about the fresh air sandwich? That was another one, wasn't it? The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Leah, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What an incredible journey you have been on. Your life, as you said yourself, has done a complete 360. And in the process, you lost half your body weight. But it's been a long, long journey, hasn't it? To get from 22 stone to 11 stone. Do you mind if I wheel back to 2013? I mean, it's an amazing thing to be 26, nearly 27 weeks pregnant and not know you were pregnant, right? Yeah. Well, I was actually 22 years old and I was 20, yeah, and I found out that I was like 26 weeks pregnant. Crikey. How, was yeah. that because of the weight you were carrying or, or what? Well, I I would have always been kind of overweight and like, 
I suffered IBS and all these things. So, you know, stomach cramps and all that was something I dealt with, you know, daily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose the extra weight probably didn't help. You know, I probably was able to camouflage the bump as such because I would have carried kind of weight all over my body. Um, but I would have been probably around 16, 17 stone mm. um, around the time I got pregnant. So you had um, a lot more weight to put on during the journey to come. Um, how, did, how did you react when they told you, um, actually, you're going to have a baby in 14 weeks' time? It was a shock to the system, for sure. Like, you know, I think these things happen and we just deal with it, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I'm a very supportive family and everything, so everything was going to work out, you know. Uh, there was no issue, like, you know, we'd everything sorted and he was a blessing, you know. Baby um, Shay arrived by C-section, wasn't it? Yeah, so I was actually diagnosed with gestational diabetes. Um, so, like, I obviously got a lot of checkups kind of straight away because my first scan, I was actually 27 weeks. So they done everything, you know, to make sure he was yeah. okay because yeah. I obviously was, I know, you know, med- like, you know, the vitamins and stuff and whatnot. Yeah, and of course, um, he, he had missed all his markers along the way and everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they done everything and everything was fine, which was, thank God, like, um, so I was, everything was fine. I had the gestation diabetes. I managed it well. I think I was just borderline, really. Um, but my sugar levels, everything's perfect. But they don't leave you go over then with the gestation diabetes because obviously, you know, there's risks, you know, with the baby and all that. So, so you had a, a C-section that led to you ending up sometime later when you had to go back in because of all sorts of issues um, in ICU, wasn't it? Yeah, so I obviously would have been high risk being overweight. I was ge- I gestation diabetes. I was brought in to be induced. I was two days in labour and ended up in a C-section. My son was um, brought to Neo. He um, had low blood sugars and things like that. And I got him back like on my third, I stayed in for four nights. And on my third night, like I got him back for my last night. Um, and... Yeah, so I was just a bit sore. Like, you know, I don't know how I was supposed to feel. And when I got home, I just wasn't getting better. Following Thursday, my mom brought me up to this UMH and there was um, a midwife on. They were just changing shifts. It was like eight o'clock and she just knew by me, you know, when you know, someone knows something's not right. Yeah. Like when I first came in, like I was fine. And when she went away and came back, my my I was deteriorating like in front of her and that's how I was feeling as well you know my breathing was hard so I got rushed down to the high dependency unit in this UMH which is in the maternity ward like the labour ward yeah. it, I, I ended up being transferred to ICU in this UH the following day so, so you ended up on a ventilator uh, your lungs were failing if you were on a ventilator you had septicemia yeah I I had um, an infection called Pseudomonas, uh, which um, I was actually septic. So my lungs are failing. Like I was very lucky if I wasn't, if I didn't go to the hospital the Thursday, they said basically I probably would have, you know, died. Like, but didn't um, you? Didn't you? I was watching your video. I wouldn't have been able to cope. Uh, so I would have been put on a ventilator, which was very scary. Um, and what they were giving me to put me to sleep just wouldn't knock me out. I think over being a new mom, you know, it's your, you want to be there for your baby. Yeah. Um, so I just couldn't, I couldn't switch off. I just like could not switch off and being in intensive care was absolutely horrendous when I knew what was going on around me. When I came out of hospital, I had severe postnatal depression and severe post-traumatic stress. So like I suffered so, so bad and like, 
my baby wasn't even my baby you know it was very surreal like I I knew he was mine but I, there was no feelings no bond nothing at all yeah, yeah. nothing like I had to learn how to like love him like it took me nearly a year I think really before I had that you know you know natural bond where oh he's my son you know I love him of course I loved him but it wasn't there the early missed, months really you had missed out on all of that he was like I missed presented. everything like I wasn't able to do anything like you know they all had to take him at night time you know like his dad and my mum then they'd all have to do all night feeds do the bottles I just wasn't able my wound was open for six yeah, months yeah sure I know I know um, so it was just very traumatizing, really. You know, when, especially being a young girl. Like, yeah. When you when you did start to get stronger, then and um, you know, obviously started to work on your bond with with Shay. Um, w- what was your diet like at that stage? Because you had a lot more weight to put on. Yeah. So I actually gained six stone in ten months. So that would have been like the first year. Like I was like that's when I would have struggled lots. Like. So that's when, like, I would have been going through the postnatal depression and all that. So it was sure it's clear as day, like, six stone in 10 months isn't healthy either, you know. Um, and, like, after the 12 months, I suppose, you know, I knew I had to change, you know, that kind of way. I just don't know how I was going to. And I think then uh, when around Shea was around two, I actually went to my GP and asked to be referred to... Um, weight management clinic in Dublin because I knew I needed help at the stage I was nearly 22 stone but you had know? you but like had you tried diets had you tried exercise regimes yeah, had like you spoken I've to been, fitness I'm coaches actually, I've been overweight like all my life uh, you know since I'm a child like I'm my mom like has brought me to doctors I've been on milkshake diets since I'm like you know like very early days like so weight was always an issue for me I'm overweight all my life so obviously getting to that stage I knew I ate like I would have been a binge eater um, so I it was just it was absolutely surreal like I suppose when Shay was one I joined Slimmer World I'd done a year didn't lose nothing so that's when I went to the doctor when he was age two I was like look I need help so I actually waited three and a half years for an appointment for that but I actually went on and done um, personal training every year nearly uh, slim and word I've done everything but I suppose everything. you can't out train a bad I diet lost two stone three stone but it's never it'd never stay off so what were you um, eating like what were you so must have been- I, I could never keep it off food always took over my portion sizes were beyond my means and that was like that's how I felt since I was a child you know I was never satisfied yeah yeah Um, you know I could see people have food and they'd leave stuff there I would just indulge in the food and um, yeah I was just it was mental really so it was a really really bad binge eating junk food diet was it all of the time yeah like Definitely after she, it was literally pizzas. Like I used to eat for hours, and I'd eat load of bread. Um, you know, I would eat all like that kind of food. Yeah, loads of bread, pizzas, just takeaways. And I did, I do enjoy cooking, so I would have made my own food. But like that now, it was always just overeating sweets. I still have a very sweet tooth. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. something I'm gonna have to manage for the rest of my life. You know, um. Yeah. So, so let's jump ahead then to when you eventually decided that the only way to change your life and to change your weight was by having a smaller stomach, right? Yeah, so obviously I waited like three years for the appointment in Dublin 
And I, when I went up there, we were all in a room together. It was like 30 people. My friend came with me and like... Like it's not surgery isn't for everyone, you know. You have to be ready for it, and that's very understandable. There was like thirty people in the room, and we were all in the same boat, you know, carrying weight. But basically, I would have to travel up and down to Dublin for a year to see psychologists, and you know, if you're ready for it, yeah. And then you'd be put on another waiting list, which is I've been told like four to six years. Yeah, yeah. So like all in all, that's like you know nine years after you waiting three years for one appointment, you know. Like, I actually, I was very disheartened. I knew, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it to myself. So I said, look, I'll go away. I'll try once more to lose the weight. And I ended up gaining weight. So it was last summer. So July uh, 2019, I was sitting there. It was a lovely day outside. I'll never forget it. I was just sitting on the couch and I was even sweating just sitting down, you know. So you were sweating. You would have been out of breath all of the time. The smallest thing would have been difficult. It was fierce strain. I couldn't even put on my socks. Oh my God. You know, that's how bad it was. And your heart would have exploded one of those days. That's for sure. Yeah, and and that's reality. Like, you know, you don't get away with carrying that weight and, you know, you don't get away with these health conditions. You know, like it was only a matter of time before I would have got something bad would have happened. And, and 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 how did you hear of a surgery in a clinic in Lithuania? Because that would have involved having to find 20 grand, right? Well, it's actually, um, the surgery costs 6,150. So, like, it's nearly 20,000 in Ireland. So I knew oh, I couldn't I have see. the money. Yeah, I, I couldn't see. have the money for here. Like, you know, I would love him to be able to have the surgery at home. I don't have health insurance, you know. So, like... I wouldn't have that kind of money. Um, so, like, I was searching online and, and I found this clinic anyway and there's a private group and I was trying to get in contact with everyone. There was a few people got back to me and, like, it seemed, like, legit, you know, like, I kind of done my research for a few weeks. I contacted them then and I just went for it. It was the scariest thing I had I done. Like, my mom, like, was with me and she was like, look, you don't have to do it, but... My mum was even concerned, you know, like we all knew I had to change. Um, well, it's big so surgery, isn't it? it? I mean, that it's bad in the end, yeah. but obviously I was an absolute nervous wreck, you know, before I went. But it, they're unbelievable. And I'd send, I'd go back in the morning, you know, okay. if, like everything was perfect. Like it was spotless. I don't know, just it all worked out, but it could have easily went the other way, you know, and my doctors were against me going. But... I didn't have a choice, you know. And I what did they? Didn't have a choice. What, what do they actually end up doing? It's not a, a gastric band. It's um, no, it's different so, in the sense you have a much smaller stomach than the rest of us now, is it? Yeah, like the band, like they don't even kind of recommend them anymore because they can cause various problems. Okay. Like I have a bypass, which is the like most severe kind of weight loss surgery, but. I needed to lose over ten stones, so I'm like, there's no point in going getting the band or the sleeve. I might as well go you know, and do what I need to do and hopefully everything ends up well. So basically, I my esophagus like bypasses my stomach straight into my intestine. So I have a small pouch. So the first few weeks I would be just on liquids and um, then you go through food stages like mushy foods. So like it was tough when I came home and I'd done it on my own. Like, you know, I didn't have support. My doctor, now to be fair, she's after doing my bloods twice and my bloods are perfect. Right. Um, but like I've been on my own, you know, like if I contact clinic wherever needed it. Yeah. But like, you know, 
food wise and I share my journey on Instagram so Instagram was my best friend you know I was like trying to find everyone you know who would have been at surgery before me it's like we all help each other you and, know that kind of way and did the food cravings disappear then with the tiny stomach oh no 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 food cravings do not disappear and that's that's why I I tell everyone you know I might look great now and I do feel great and I am you know I'm flying it but you really need to be in a good place to do it. It doesn't get rid of cravings. Like, I can eat actually everything still, but very little. So I know I could eat a load of biscuits still because they're like called slider foods and they're obviously high calories. So, I mean, if you kind of wanted to eat bad, you could because you oh, can still get I it see. down. Yeah, I know what you so, mean. So, like, yeah. it's, it's not, it's a tool. And, like, this tool has, like, genuinely saved my life. But does it not mean, that, will, does it not mean that you get full faster? Yeah. But still, like this, like biscuits and things, they dissolve. Like I could eat biscuits faster than I could eat a dinner, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> okay. like the dinner okay. is more whole, uh, you know. No, yeah, it's it's stodgier and it's yeah. There's more of it. There's more bulk in it. But did the weight then fall off? Yeah. So in twelve months, like I got surgery on sixteenth of October two thousand nineteen, and uh, my one year anniversary, I was nine stone two pound down. God, so, your friends must have been passing you on the street as a stranger. I know, especially with lockdown, you know, I was wearing a mask and stuff, you know, because I think like the last two, three stone is just a big difference and people genuinely wouldn't even know me, you know, because we haven't been out really. So you're um, weighing in now at uh, something in and around 11 stone, are you? Yeah, I'm 11. I have her now like between 11, uh, three and 11, like 10. It depends really kind of half stone up and down. Um, but I'm kind of at that now the last few weeks and I'm very content. Good for um, you. Like, my life is just complete 360. I'm the happiest I've ever been, you know, when I look back in pictures, yeah. like how sad I actually looked and like, start, like going abroad for surgery, but like I had no choice, you know, I didn't have the kind of money to do it here and I wish I was able to do it here, but I couldn't. What's, what's next now? Because usually when you're that size and you lose rapid amounts of weight, there's an excess of skin that needs to be tightened and surgery needs to be done. Is that a surgical procedure you're going to do? Yeah, like I have lots of loose skin and I'm quite, as I said now, quite content where I am when I have clothes on. Yeah. But like I yeah, am, yeah. I'm 29, I'm 29 next month. And I'm like, I will do it eventually. So I am looking into things. Amazing. Um, So, so like, but I'll get there eventually, you know. Um, but I share everything on my Instagram, and I'm that's like, it's for everyone, you know. Like I've struggled, so I'm like, just getting it out there, you know, to people. Like you can change, like you know, not even weight loss surgery, but all just like yourself, like. Of course, because your physical your physical change has also affected and helped your mental stability and how how happy you are with your life. They're all linked, like you know your your mental state, everything, your health and well being. You just you know, I was such at a low point in my life, genuinely. Like you'd never think I was the same. I know you You look like a supermodel now. And next up, next up now apparently is a five k run. Is it? Yeah, I actually downloaded the Coach to Five K app. Um, just last week and I recently moved to Douglas um, and I actually ran in town um, Saturday morning <laughs> on the track suit and I jogged into North Main Street oh um, like I ran 10 minutes out of the 30 minutes but I was like you know 
I couldn't even walk to the shop. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That's amazing. Well done. I'd say you ran from Douglas into the city with a smile on your face, I'd say. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> Happy as Larry. Oh, it's um, a great story. I hope maybe other people can maybe uh, actually follow you on Instagram for everything they need to know about Leah Punch's yeah. life and how she changed it, yeah? Yeah, my Instagram is bypassed by Leah anyway, and my name is Leah Punchbush. I my my Instagram name is just bypassed by Leah though, and my public page. Okay, well then, um, there's no going back now, no looking back. No, no looking back now. All just looking towards the future now, and hopefully now you know good things come from this. Like, and I really just want to help people. Good for you. Um, can, can I say, what did you do with all the old clothes? Oh, I actually kind of gave a lot of them away and like, yeah, I, I'm after give most of them away to people or else just charity, the kind of, the boxes that be around Aldine Little and all that. I know, places. but you must at some stage when you'd lost all of the weight, looked at one or two of the pairs of jeans or a dress or something. I kept, it? yeah, I have one or two things at home now. I kept, like I have, um, I work in childcare. Um, so we, um, down in Accraha and we had lovely purple kind of, you're know, like the beautician kind of style. Uh, tops yeah um, like the childcare wear, wear them as well like and oh I think it's a size 26 or a 28 and like a 10 or a 12 now like a 10 I put it 12. on and That's it's amazing. literally down past my knees good god um, it's like a dress it's, it's weird I'm like ma'am I said I was like ma'am that used to actually barely go down around my hips you know good and god. uncomfortable at that um so I kept a few things and it is crazy but like even my pictures sure on my Instagram I just it's weird that's I actually can't even believe it so the 22 stone version of you was a very unhappy version and of course even from a fashion sense point of view you were very limited in what you could wear because you yeah, probably you probably weren't comf- all plus size, yeah, I I and I, I spend a fortune and I'd always like getting dressed up like I, I'm a girl you know I like my fashion but like now it's a different story you know I can literally throw on anything you know, we, like my mom was saying, we were in town there last week and she's like, it's amazing. Before we were searching around town just to find a top that would fit you to throw on with the leggings. Now when I'm wearing a pair of jeans, my top tucked into my jeans, you know, things that I, I have right. never done. Uh, listen, I'm so happy for you. And I hope that Thank maybe you. our conversation uh, may, you know, you know, I don't know whether it'll light a fire under other people to perhaps, you know, walk in your shoes and, and decide to go for that. I mean, I can't endorse the surgery. It's very, very serious. No. But perhaps they might decide to research it themselves. Yeah, yeah. And just like, you know, especially after having babes, I think a lot of mothers would suffer, you know, with post depression things. And I don't think we talk about it enough either. So like, it's not even, you know, it's everything. Just, you know, look after yourself and put yourself first. Like, for you know, this, for you, this is what you needed to do. Well done. Yeah. Leah, lovely Thank talking you. to you and uh, say hi to Shay and look after yourself. Thanks for taking the call. I will. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Thank you, Leah, and good luck to you. Just a little bit of housekeeping. Yes, indeed. Can I acknowledge as well many people text, texting saying you never mentioned the good old-fashioned crisp sandwich, the Tato crisp sandwich with fresh, crusty bread. You can't beat it. Happy to correct that. And also, I got uh, Sophie Lorenz. The words were out of my mouth and I realized um, I've just made them. Maybe I just got that wrong. Now, she's not 90. Sophie Lorenz is 86, which is a great achievement to be going back acting again at the age of 86. Thank you to those who texted me to correct on that. And it's Sonny's Deli. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Fair play. Brenda found a really good article from Yay Cork on this gem of a deli in in Cork. It's called Sonny's Deli. And it's over, uh, as we used to call it, Jewtown back in the day, in and around 
the area of Hibernian buildings in that area on the Albert Road. Um, it's, it's, uh, I think uh, maybe if you want to get the Reuben uh, roll, um, and of course this is a very famous sandwich, uh, in New York, uh, going way back, it was re- invented by a guy called Lithuanian Jewish grocer, apparently Ye Cork said, uh, who invented it back in New York way back in the day. Uh, but it's available and it's well worth checking out. I say if you, what, what you could do really is you could probably phone in and book it for collection. So you're getting the crusty baguette, soft stuffed with salted beef, Swiss cheese, pickles and sauerkraut and then slathered as they say in yay cork lovely word that isn't it slathered might say in cork slathered by to slathered in russian dressing anyway check it out for yourself keep those texts coming because today is world sandwich day and i see some fairly funky and different sandwiches coming in by text 0868104106 i will be stopping down a little later this morning to catch up on emails and texts and another couple of uh, conversations for you this side of midday because an awful lot of people have been in, t- in touch on different topics of conversations. Fantastic. We haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned the C word yet and it's 23 minutes to 11. Um, let me talk to Paul Morrissey because he's got another incredible story to tell from where he was and where he's at now. Paul, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm great, pal. Um, one, of, one of the interesting things that Leah was saying there when she went from 22 stone to 11 stone with the gastric uh, bypass mm. was that she would struggle inside in town just to find a top that she could wear. Um, and I was reading your backstory where your yeah. clothing size at one stage was XXXL. Yeah. So is there, much, is there much of a range for somebody in XXXL? Um, well, I suppose for myself, when I used to go in shopping, it, uh, to be honest, Neil, I absolutely dreaded it because I'd see all these clothes that I'd absolutely love and think, sure, they'd look nice on me. Um, but then I, I realized, you know, that probably not going to fit. And even when it says XL or XXL, it still didn't fit, you know, the, the more designer clothes. Um, so it was always then just getting the, the wider shirts and, um, and that, that, that progressed over a couple of years. You know, I was XL, then I went to XXL and then eventually it was almost at the end, you know, before I, I started losing weight, it was the triple X for one of them. And, and was uh, there, was there an awful lot less to choose from at the triple XL? Um, well, yeah, there would be, um, no, all the doll shirts would have the different, would have the XXLs, but for me, it wasn't, you know, it was just the fact that, you know, um, I just wanted to have nicer toes, you know, or, you know, that would look nice on me. So no matter what you bought in an XXL, it just didn't look good. Yeah. And then that, that look, that was down to the weight. It wasn't down to the, the fact that it was either a large or an XXL. It, It was just down to the fact that it didn't look nice on me, Joe, with the weight. Um, you were over you know, twenty. I, you were over twenty stone. Were you? Were you a heavy kid? Um, I, I, well, growing up, I was. I suppose I always did suffer. You know, with the weight over the years. You know, um, I wasn't slim, um, and I'm small as well. So I was a kind of a stocky build, um, and I'm about five six, so I wouldn't be able to carry the weight that much. Oh, well. right, five um, six and over twenty stone. Yeah, you were more yeah. out than up. And no, I no. At the, in my teenage years, I, I wasn't that. Like in my teenage years, I might have been fourteen, maybe might have got to fifteen stone. Um, you know, and then around two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, I did uh, make an effort, and I was around sixteen stone at the time. And I got it down to 12. I went to weigh motivation and I did start going to the gym then. So what happened? Um, you went to the gym, you went to motivation, yeah, went to you went from 16 I, I, to 12. Um, you went yeah, from 16 so to 12 happened? and bounced back to 20. Why? How? 
so I had a back operation in 2008 and things started going downhill from there. You know, I started piling back on the weight. I had another back operation in 2011. So I, I've, I've always had problems with my lower back and I suppose getting back into the gym and doing the exercise and maybe I wasn't doing it right at the time. You know, it didn't help. Um, but then, as I say, um, once I had the first back operation, the, the weight started piling on fairly quick again. And then it just got worse and worse as the years were going by. Your diet must um, have been shocking, was it? it? It wasn't overly shocking, but the more depressed I was getting, and, and for me, when I look back on it now, and I, I, hindsight is always a good thing when you look back, um, it was more the emotional eating. You know, there was a lot of emotions in there, and I, I, it, was the, it was more the snacking than actual the meals themselves, and the, and the portion sizes weren't, you know, they were pretty big as well. So I wouldn't say it was completely shocking in terms of my eating habits or in terms of what I was eating, um, but it was the extra bits, the extra portions, the extra um, snacking in between uh, and stuff like that, you know, and and a lot of that was brought on by the emotional side of things. Because the the weight gain, although you were tipping away all the time in education and you you Mm. graduated with your business degree honours, congratulations on that. So to some extent that you were kind of, you were in that zone, in the study educational zone, while the weight was going on all of the time and okay, we carry an awful lot of weight Mm. and then we become depressed, then you become isolated you stop socializing mm. it has a huge emotional impact oh, doesn't it it does and and i, I for me you know, the college stuff really took me away from my weight issues because I, I as you say i was focused on getting my degrees i was focused on all that and and then i graduated in 2009 january 2019 i finished up my business honors degree and that's when i was left sitting with myself after that you know i had a lot of spare time and I really, I always wanted to address it, but I, I just felt so stuck all the time. And, you know, friends would tell me, other work colleagues would share it with me, you know, you know, you need to really look at your weight or you, you should. But, you know, and, and to me, well, but it's what I've learned, you know, it has to come down to yourself. You know, you really have to. Were start you self-conscious when you, when you went out or did you stop going out? Did, um, I mean, did you get like, you know, that term they used, did you get fat shamed? Yeah, I, I definitely was subconscious. I, I, like, it's weird. Like, sometimes I could look at myself before I'm going out. I, I dress up and I'm going to go out. And I, I say, you know, I, I'm not that bad. You know, and then I could be in the lift and the apartments I'm in and there's a mirror there. And I'd look and i say, yeah, I'm not that. You know, and then the next day I could look at a couple of photos that could be put up on social media by my friends. And I'm looking at the photos and I'm going, man, I am absolutely huge. And, you know, and you're fighting with that in your head all the time, you know, and you, you really want to do something about it. And for me, I was just so stuck emotionally. I, I, I didn't realize it. And I even, like in April of 2019, I wrote down a goal because I, I, I was graduating in October. So my graduation was October. And I said, I really want to lose weight so I can get a nice suit for myself. And I wrote this goal down on my whiteboard in my bedroom. I said, I want to lose three stone by October 29th uh, for my college graduation by eating healthy and exercising. And I just said, that might motivate me now. And I actually went for a walk that day and I, I kind of felt good afterwards and I said, right, that's it now, you know, I'm going to get going. But it didn't happen. Things actually got worse after that. I got so depressed in myself. I was like, why can't I do this? And it was just a chance meeting with a friend at the end of May. He, he We were talking after meeting with other friends and he asked me a question. He said, Paul, who are you getting on? And I said, John, I'm actually not too bad. And then he, said, he looked at me and he said, no, no, how are you really getting on? 
And I kind of knew straight away, and I was looking at him, I was kind of caught, and he'd been listening to some of my story. So I kind of said it to him, you know, look, um, I'm not in a great place. Mm. And and that kind of... Were you the kind of guy then that would be happy-go-lucky and uh, yeah. always joking and messing with your yes. mates, but, but at home yeah. you oh. saw your true self kind of thing? Big, big time. You know, I, I'd be happy-go-lucky at work, I'd be happy-go-lucky with my mates. Was it an act? You know, uh, and it was really, you know, we talk, we're wearing masks now at the moment with COVID. And that's what I had on, you know, I had this mask, even though, even though it was an act, it's, it is my personality, but, you know, it wasn't inside me. It wasn't what I felt, you know, what I should be, you know, expressing from myself in, in terms of the person I am. Uh, and, you know, I think unless you're comfortable with yourself, you know, you, you're, you'll never truly be able to express that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, some people need a kind of a, a shock moment. I know in the yeah. past I've spoken to people like mm. I, I saw photographs of myself from way back in the day, although this is not my story, that I was mm. shocked when I saw them uh, and mm. I, I got motivated to change. Yeah. For other people, it could be you know, all of a sudden they realize yeah. the seatbelt on the airplane doesn't close anymore mm. and they have to get an additional, you know, the extra I had, I, I almost got to that, Neil. I, I, I'm a huge Liverpool fan. I travel a lot to matches. And in the last couple of trips last year, I was like, man, this belt... I, I was actually... I remember I was on the flight and I said, I'm struggling to tie the belt. And I was like, this isn't actually tying. And I said, I, I was like, you know, uh, breathing in. And I was like, please tie, please. And eventually it clicked. You know, but that they're the embarrassing moments, you know, the time's going to the to, to try on the clothes. For others, then it can be a woman who's asked, is she pregnant? Somebody else, it can be when they break a mm. chair. Do you know those moments yeah. in time? Um, so, you know. Yeah, and I suppose that, that moment, that week, I'll never forget that my friend asked me that, how are you really feeling? And I opened up and I went to my doctor that Friday, I set an appointment and I went in to see her and I sat down and... Um, you broke, you sat down, you broke down, I believe, didn't I, you? I, yeah, I sat down and then I broke down, yeah. I, I couldn't stop crying for about 10 minutes. I just, I couldn't get the words out. How does, the GP de- how does a GP deal with that? Are they expecting something she, like that? Yeah, she, like, I, I, she's amazing, you know. Um, Susan McLaughlin is my doctor and she just sat there and she said, take her time. She just kind of gave me a pat on my hand and she said, take her time. And she gave me a tissue. And I just sat there. And it's so good just, that doctors, because not all of them have an opportunity yeah. to take that time with you. They're yeah, on, well, that, they're on the clock. You're like, in now 10 minutes. Here the script. Yeah. You know. And I, I, I'm so grateful she did that day because, you know, there was a lot to get off my chest. And eventually I was able to talk to her and she, she knew my story from the past. And she said, look, you've done this before. You know, you can, we can surely do it again. And so she was asking me, she wanted my doctor back then. She was asking me, you know, what did you do back then? What were the things that were in place? And I said, well, I started going to the gym eventually. I said, I, said, I kind of had a personal trainer for a small while in that period. I went to weight motivation. I said, right, look, what we're going to do this time is we're going to put supports in place for you again to help you to get over this emotional um, part of the trying to lose the weight. Um, so she set me up with a psychologist called Dr. Mary Boyland. And she was amazing, you know, and I went to see her and, um, again, the same with her. I first 10 minutes, I couldn't stop crying. It was just, there was so much emotion there. And, um, then eventually we got to, I got to tell my story with her. And then after the first session, she kind of said to me, look, Paul, what I want you to do is I want you to write out your lifeline from zero to 11, 12 to 21, all the way up to my age, which is 42, various sections of my life, uh, write down the highs and lows, as many as you can remember, uh, and bring it w- with the next day and we, we, we'll go through it. Why? Um, I suppose she wanted to find out, is there any, well, is there any traumas in my life or any emotions? 
Um, and I didn't fully understand until I started doing the exercise. Uh, and I, I, of course, with things, you know, I wasn't seen her for two weeks. So I, the first week I really didn't do anything. But I, about three or four days before I was seen her, I said, I better really sit down and, and go through this. And I started writing the early years of my life. And my life, I had a, an amazing upbringing for my parents and, and my brothers, you know, the family. always a great experience. There's things that happen in your life that you may not even realize. Like, like there was a lot of debts in, in our family in, in terms of extended family, in terms of friends. I had two young friends at the age of eight or nine that died in a tragic accident. Um, my grandmother passed away when I was 12. My dad used to uh, serve with the army, so was overseas a lot. And he was overseas actually when that happened, and I was the oldest. So I remember him uh, saying to me on the phone, he says, Paul, you're the, you're the oldest now. You have to look after your mom. And, and I had a very close relationship with my grandmother. And I probably never properly grieved for that either because of the responsibility I had at the time. Mm. So there was a lot of that. And then there was my struggles with my sexuality, which, um, you know, from the ages of maybe 11 and 12 all the way up to when I came out at the age of 22, you know, so I had all that I was dealing with. And I, I dealt with that on my own until I actually came out, you know, and I didn't tell anybody. And I struggled a lot with it. I remember when I was about 18, I really, really, you know, I, I was like trying to tell myself, you know, that I'm, I, 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 you know, I'm not and I'm trying. And I remember I was in a nightclub. you're not gay, maybe. is it? Yeah. And I, I remember I was in a nightclub. Um, around, I was around 18 and I remember I was with my mates and they were all with girlfriends are scoring. You know, the, the old days when the, the love songs would come on for the last half hour. And the everybody's walking, Yeah, the old clingers. Everybody's walking around the nightclub looking for someone. And I, I remember making an effort, but I, I suppose it wasn't me again. You no, know, you and, need to get yourself a gay club. Uh, and, um, and, you know. Be yourself. And I remember going home that night and um, standing by a wall and looking down on the river and I just you know I broke down again and I was like you know would I be better off just throwing myself in there and you know I, I just couldn't I, I couldn't do it anyway you know to be honest you know I just so much love for my mother and my family um, Thank God you realised that in the moment you know? Yeah and, and look I, I, I suppose what I did is I bottled it up again you know, and that's what I was doing. I was bottling all this stuff up all the time. Now, look, uh, and when we talk about highs and lows that I wrote down, one of the highs I, I wrote down was actually coming out. You know, I had such an amazing experience uh, with that, with, with my family, with my friends. You know, 99.9% was positive. And, did that, and so did that surprise that. you, though, I wonder? It, it actually didn't, you, you know, it, because I suppose it gave myself time. There was two things. Once I started going to college, I finally met a person that was openly gay and shared his coming out experience, which was really helpful to me. Good. Because it showed me that, you know, it may not be that bad. It's not and bad like, at all. It's not no, bad it at isn't. all. No, it isn't. And, and today, you know, it, it, um, I mean, today it's probably a, a lot more accepted than it was when I came and, out. And it should be because somebody's mm. happiness is exclusively their problem. Their issue, exactly, yeah. you know, and none of us should tell people how they should live their lives and no one should deny anybody happiness and love, you know, yeah. and we, and we've come a long way in that regard and I'm damn glad that we have. So yeah. how, how then did you get back from the, you say yeah. 130 kilos, some, I'm yeah. a, I'm a kilo guy myself, others are mm. stones, you know, yeah. so, but you did drop over 30 kilos, which is what, yeah. how many, how many stone is that? So I, you were I 20 stone. What did you get down yeah, to? I was about 20. I was about, uh, I, I'd be heaviest. I was around 130 kgs. Uh, I currently, last Saturday, weighed That's big. Your heart must have yeah. been really struggling. 
It was. And um, last Saturday, I weighed in at 89.3. So I, I went under the 90 kgs for the first time in, I'd say, about 12 years or more uh, since I last lost the weight. Um, so I was delighted with that. Like, my goal is to get to 85 kgs by Christmas. Because, like, the gym the gym is fine, and personal mm. trainers are very important because you get the discipline mm. and you get the, the motivation, yeah. and also you're doing a bit of cardio and mm. you're also doing weights. But, like, 90, 90% of this gig is what you eat. It is, and 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 you know, I got to learn that again. Even though you you kind of have a knowledge about what you should eat and what's good for your teeth and what's not good for your teeth, um, you know. It, so, like, once I finished up with the psychologist, um, on, on, our, on our third session, um, I had a number actually for Shane Salt Fitness, who is my personal trainer that I go to, and he's absolutely amazing, but. A friend of mine, Danny, gave me his number back in March. And this will tell you, I had his number in March and I could not bring myself to ring him. And it was after the third session with the psychologist where we were talking about doing things for myself and, and you know, having to the self-care and, and just, just go and do these things. And I, you know, she got the answer out of me. She said, well, what does Paul need to do? And I said, Paul needs to do what they say in the Nike ad, just do it. So no sooner did I leave that, that session that I ring Shane straight after that. And, and through Shane, then I got my food plans and I started looking at food. And he, he hammers that home. You know, it's not all about the exercise. It is about the food as well and how many calories you take in. So I started doing calorie counting and started slowly building up the exercise and, and really started to enjoy the process. And, and I suppose, look, like with anybody, when they start off on the weight loss journey again, it's the, the first couple of months you will see it coming off. It's 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 in the next number of months after that and and so on the, the further down the line and like that that proves you know to be right with me you know the last number of months now it's been slow progress. rapid first then slow yeah. and gradual but steadily uh, steady gradual like exactly yeah. and slow and, steady. and you lived uh, up you lived up to your um to your goal on your whiteboard in fairness I did yeah and. That that was a, uh, an amazing day for me, actually, Neil. I I remember I actually had a, a session with Shane that Friday, and I came home um, that that morning, and I was in my bedroom afterwards, and I hadn't looked at that goal, believe it or not, properly. It was still there, but I hadn't looked at it, and my graduation was only two weeks away, and I was reading out the goals to myself. I want to lose three stone, and I remember I was after weighing myself that the week before, and I was at. 2.8 so I think close to the tree stone it was very close to it and I said man I'm actually after reaching my goal and I got really emotional about it and it wasn't it wasn't emotional in terms of you know it was gratitude uh, yeah. it was gratitude and a self uh, self job of achievement I've actually I've, I've actually achieved this yeah you know, and, and there's one thing. The thing about it, yeah. achieving it and getting to your goal is one thing, and dropping the mm. thirty kilos that you did. It's yeah. another battle entirely to keep it off. You're aware of that the oh, discipline really. Massive, I think and, it's harder, and, actually. You know, and, and that and and that is a big point. You know, and it's something. Again, I talked about hindsight earlier. It's something that I, I I've looked at now because I have been there. You know, I you have put it back on again. Before, in the past. So, what I are you eating now, pal? It. What What am I eating? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mostly good, you know, um, turkey, um, chicken, um, fish, you know, lots of green veg, lots of good fruit. Um, you know, my snacking now is down to, you know, I, either almond nuts, you know, it's, it's, 
uh, Greek yogurts. It's not Pringles. It's not you know chocolate chip cookies. Um, you know, but do you have any food. treats like that? Oh, I do. I do. Don't don't get me wrong. I do. And and, and Shane encourages that as well. Like he, he's always saying, you know, you have to have your treats, and I and I do. Um, what, would that, so what would that be? Um, so I do have a thing, uh, a tin of uh, sour cream Pringles, maybe once, once or once every two weeks, maybe three weeks. <laughs> a whole, um, a whole tub to yourself, is a it? Whole, a whole tub to myself, yeah. Um, right, and, and if I go out there, when we, when we are able to go out to the restaurants, I, I do have my desserts, you know. And and if I do go home, when I do get the opportunity to go home to my parents for a Sunday dinner. I will have the dessert there. Ah, well, for and God's sake! Fun. You have to, man. You, you know, gotta, you gotta live too. Exactly, you know, and and that's all part of it, you know, to to get a good balance between eating, eating healthy, you know, watching the snacking, you know, and and understanding your emotions as well, Neil. I, I found that that's going to be a big thing for me in relation to maintaining my weight and, and keeping this going going forward. Is keep good supports in place, understand my emotions, you know, uh, the triggers that set me off because. You know, before I would go straight into the comfort eating, you know, I'm back now currently doing a master's in applied psychology and positive coaching psychology. And some of that is because of the... the well, that'll work very well because you've worn the shoes. So that's a good thing for you to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yeah. When things improve in the new year and you mm-hmm. get to fly to a sunny destination with your partner, at least that <laughs> damn seatbelt will close for you this time around. <laughs> oh, it sure will. It sure Keith, will. Keith says, Neil, I was lucky enough to train Paul for a time while I worked in Shane Saul's Fitness in Holly Hill. Keith says, I used to love to see he was my next session. The work rate and determination from that man was phenomenal. He <laughs> is a beast to train. Paul is an inspiration to all. Well done, Paul, says Keith. You know that guy? I do know him, and I'll never forget my first session with him, actually. He absolutely killed me. Mang- as, as Tony Martin he, would say, I'll mangle you. <laughs> and he actually, I, I looked up, I, I was actually on the floor, and the sweat was all off me, and he just had a big smile on his face, <laughs> and I was looking at him, I go, are you for real? They're all like that. They're always smiling. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what kind of a smile it is. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, Suffer, baby, it, suffer smile, I think. Yeah, and, and that, look, all that, uh, working hard, Neil, has just come from a positive mindset I have today. You know, I've really changed around in terms of positivity. Even with lockdown that we're going through, the second lockdown, you know, the first thing that came into my mind actually when not when we actually went into lockdown, when there was a rumor we were going to go to level five, I was like, oh man, that was my gym sessions. Again. I know, and people have put session. on the COVID stone and then yeah. some. So, you know, well done for not so, doing any of that. What, yeah, and what I do is like very quickly, I said, right, we have our homes. Um, you know, Shane has set up the online um, sessions um, on Joe, the hidden core classes online, and they've become very popular over the last uh, couple of weeks. You know, listen to all your, um, you know, people that are doing different things, you know, re-innovate, uh, re themselves during COVID, you know, online shopping now. And, you know, the, this morning, you're, you're the person you had on, Joe, with the online shopping on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. You know, people are coming up with all these different... Yeah, let's continue how, to accentuate the positive. Cause um, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... Like we had a lovely class last Saturday, the Halloween fancy dress one, and all the kids were on and they're dressed up, and it was great stuff. Well done on the journey so far. Seven stone down and just over a calendar year. Long may it continue. I suppose you want to get to an M size ultimately, is it? M. Yeah, well. Uh, like I, I, anywhere between eighty and eighty-five, I will be happy with. You know, if I can maintain it around that, you know. So as I say, my goal is to get to eighty-five by Christmas. I'm now at eighty-nine point three, uh, and anything between that afterwards, going into the next year, uh, and just kind of setting the maintaining goal around that. You know, continuing the 
the good routines, the good structures, the good habits. Well done, know? and your body will thank you for you. So physically and mm-hmm. emotionally, you're in a much better place than 12 months oh. ago. Paul, stay in Maybe, touch and yeah. come back before Christmas. Yeah. Let us know how the Maybe, journey is I going. I just say one thing for a friend. Um, the hope she, she might be listening. It's just for um, Simone, if you're listening in, stay strong, stay positive. Uh, you're an inspiration to us all. And we wish you a speedy recovery. She's in hospital at the moment. She's not going through a good time. And so say all of us. We wish her well. You too, Paul. Have a good one. Cheers, kid. Okay. Take Take care. care. Officially Ireland's music station of the year. This is Cork's Red FM. Okay. And the Cork International Film Festival will happen this weekend. It'll happen online. The 65th Cork International Film Festival. And of course, many people involved in the arts and theatre and drama and music have to think differently these days. And that's what the film festival has done. So you can buy a digital pass online corkfilmfest.org but hey hang on a second we're giving them away free right across the week so we have digital passes to give away every single day and they will give you access to 10 digital festival screenings of your choice to watch at home you can download the app CIFF 2020 Uh, that's an app that you can download for all of the movies and information as to what you can watch and uh, what's available for you but let's um, just give you another opportunity to listen over audio so this is a movie a film so we got two words beeped out every day this week we do these yesterday was Sean Connery uh, one of the 007s um, he's 00 heaven now God rest him but so there's a couple of words beeped out so we need those words we need the actor and we need the movie don't call just yet run about 10 minutes to midday have a listen Hang on a second, let me get back together. If I knew what I was doing, I'd be dangerous. Hold on a second. Um, this ain't happening for me. It should now. Hold on. Here it is. If you missed it earlier on, here's another listen. Of all the... In all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Straightforward. I'm insulting your intelligence. Let me go from one uh, American accent to another. For the day that's in it. Uh, from his website, uh, Gabby.com, the man himself, the Gabby Cabby, uh, Peter Franklin. Morning, New Yorker, morning. Help, help, come save me, come save me. <laughs> save you from who, Trump or Biden, or both? <laughs> doesn't make any difference. Let me tell you something, the one thing you and I would not do is walk down the streets of New York today. Why? Holding either a Biden sign or a Trump sign, because half the people hate the other half. It's unbelievable what's going on. So would you actually be in danger with a political slogan or sign then? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's always the custom where you you put a little sign on your lawn showing who you love and who you're going to vote for. Not anymore, you won't. Plus the fact the streets are deserted. And right now, as I'm talking to you, it's early in the morning and almost every upscale store in the city is boarded up. If you want to buy some wood, forget it. You just can't get it. Why have they boarded up their stores, though, on Election Day? What are they expecting? Yeah, well, they're expecting they're expecting big riots. The police are all on overtime. Uh, there's many kinds of patrol. The streets are deserted. There's a tremendous amount of venom that's floating around, not only in New York City, but also the rest of the United States. If anything, New Yorkers have a tendency to be more civilized, but it's bad. I mean, I've never seen anything this bad in my lifetime. I get the feeling I'm living in some third world country. So it's deserted where you are. It has been for quite a long time because of COVID and lockdown. And friends of mine in New York say that it's led to an awful lot of problems where crime is on the increase. Uh, A lot of people have been left out of prisons and put in hotels and uh, that people feel unsafe. And many have left. They've literally left the state, have they? Oh, yeah. We we kind of guessed that about at least a half a million to a million New Yorkers have left. The 
the two things you cannot get in this city is a cop and uh, a moving man. I mean, it's just, you know, people are just fleeing and going to other parts of the country. Have you been doing any work, though? I mean, uh, are, 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 are taxis going or is there nobody to take taxis or what? Well, it's both both ways. There really isn't. As far as we're concerned, or as far as I'm concerned, I'm not doing any taxi work because there's nobody using uh, taxis. As a matter of fact, 90% of the yellow cabs don't even bother to go out for the day. Uh, I do other things, so I'm surviving. But if you'd like to send me some money, please do. <laughs> but 100 million people, I wouldn't want to see you short. 100 million have already voted postal votes, and then the balance of them from midday Irish time today. Um, they got it wrong the last time, Peter, with regards to Trump. What, what, what are the news channels saying this morning? Well, and again, again, we've been so separated here. I mean, I've never seen this in my lifetime. If you watch one channel, they will tell you one bunch of lies, whether it be conservative or liberal. If you watch another channel, it'll be uh, completely different. If you watch CNN, for instance, you're going to get a whole story. Then you switch to Fox and you figure, what the hell are they talking about? It's completely opposite of what I just heard on CNN. So it's, I mean, it's like, it's such a weird thing that you, you can't really trust the media. I tell everybody to listen to you. They can trust you. <laughs> oh, I for think. God's sake. Not when it comes to the American elections. That's why I'm talking to you. What kind of a difference do you think it would make um, if either of those two were elected? For instance, what would a Biden America be like, in your opinion? Well, only what he's promising. I mean, he's going to get rid of the natural fuels. Uh, he's going to make college free. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. But it's the same thing with Trump. They're, both sides are promising me the world. So it doesn't really make any difference because as far as I'm concerned, I think both are just unbelievably corrupt. And, and as I say, I've never in my lifetime seen such corruption and such a venom. You know, you real seriously, you wouldn't dare talk about it. Uh, you don't. You don't talk to your brother-in-law. You don't talk to your cousin. Go away. One topic of conversation. You just don't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. And you've never witnessed that in all your years covering these things as a New York. Never. Especially New Yorkers, because as you well know, we're a completely different breed. I could be telling you all this about the United States, and you'd say, oh, that's interesting. And I'd say, but it's not going on in New York. Oh, yes, it is. It's just as bad. But the tragedy of it is, I don't know whether the city's ever going to come back. And, you know, I'm a promoter of New York. I love New York. But I really almost have to say to you, I think it's finished. I really do. Unless but how the heck can happens. you say that when there's a vaccine? I mean, like, we'll all be back when there's a vaccine, surely. Well, let's be optimistic, and I hope you're right. But the, the fact of the matter is that so many stores and so many businesses are out of business. I mean, for instance, there's no tourism in New York City. And you know me, I'm a proponent of New York. If you said to me, Peter, should I come to New York? You're going to hear me say, no, 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 no. You know, one of the interesting things with regards to Trump was this damn wall that he was supposed to build across Mexico. Uh, why isn't he being quizzed on that? It was his main platform at the time. I'm going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. He never did. Yeah, well, he brings it up at every speech. And then the main thing is that they keep the Irish out of it. 
<laughs> well, that would be a wall across the Atlantic or something like that. But no, ser- but no, seriously, it's, though. It's, 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 it's a project. I mean, he gave a lot of employment to a lot of people, people who build walls and making money, and that's his thing. But he, he, each one of them, I mean, the only thing that I, my message to you and Miss Lesson is, is they're both, <laughs> they're both terrible people. Really, both of them are as bad. Neither one is good. They really are, really are. And and you're going to get sucked into it because you know what happens. Whatever happens in the United States affects you guys too. Yeah. Have you voted yet? Yes, we did. There's a, that was very confusing too. Yeah, so how, how do you decide on whom you're going to personally vote for if both of them are bad? I asked my wife. <laughs> she tells you who to vote for. And she tells me what to eat, and she tells me when to go to sleep. You're not going so to I tell me who you voted for, though, are you? Absolutely not. Are you <laughs> kidding? You think I want? Do you think I want half the people in Ireland to hate me? There's no <laughs> way I'm telling you. I voted for you. That's why I wrote. You know, we have writing. No, no. What I was going to say is, it used to be you just showed up today and you voted. Uh, now we had mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, advanced ballots, and everything. So my wife and I went the other day to vote, which was like really weird in itself, because I always voted on election day, meaning today. So there's millions of voters that are in, millions of voters that are out. That's also confusion. And by the way, today in New York City, it's our first cold day. So in addition to everything else, people are standing on long lines, chattering away. I mean, it's cold today. To vote, but they can't go shopping because they're all closed. The restaurants are closed. The pubs are closed right across America. That's true. Exactly. And especially, you know, New York, it stands out because, I mean, that's what we are. We are a land of restaurants. I mean, remember, the last time you and I met in New York City, what did we do? We ate. We did in a fantastic Jewish deli restaurant of your choice. It was terrific. Do you do you know when... And I'll do, tell you a nice listen as you pay for it. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Thank you for that compliment. You know when, when, when Trump got COVID, there was a lot of... Um, uh, stories during the rounds that he didn't have it at all. Was that uh, the case over there as well? That it was a stunt? Well, it, it, yeah, well, you'll hear that story. You'll hear every story that he got special medicine, that he got vaccine. That's what I said. We, we got, we're having a real problem, seriously, with the media because regardless of what your polit- political persuasion is, we no longer have those broadcasters that you kind of trust. And you know you've been in the business a long time. You listen to some guy on the radio, you watch him on TV. You take him. Trust him. He's family. He's with you when you shave in the morning. You know, he has breakfast with you. So you trust the guy. Now, when you hear somebody say something on CNN or Fox, your immediate reaction is, oh, yeah, right. The only thing I know is that anyone that I talk to that has business in America is a big, big Trump lover because businesses seem to love him. They have said he's made a huge difference. And at the end of the day, that's what counts, jobs and employment, you know, and, and he's made a difference in that. Would you agree? Uh, well, yeah, and I, the other thing and what's going to determine the election is that most people will not admit they're voting for Trump. So oh, excellent you, point. Yeah, excellent point. They, when they, you call, when you, you call me up and you say, Peter, who are you voting for? And I say, well, I don't want to talk about it. Are you voting for Trump? I don't want to talk about it. Well, when I go into the voting booth later today, well, I did that already, then I'm going to vote and, oh, look at this. It's a, a Trump vote. That's probably why one last time, too. People don't say they're voting for Trump because that's a fight. I would say on the 
pecking order, he's a little bit more disliked than Biden is. But Biden isn't like Biden's considered a thug. I mean, that's it. As a matter of fact, as long as I have your nice audience at my clutches, I'd like to apologize to you all for presenting the United States in New York at this time. I'm sorry. Ah, that's sad to hear. I mean, like, like, I know, I know. I said, you know, with regards to COVID, the much is closed. But I'm being collect- corrected on that already. It says not true, not true, Neil. Only select states and cities closed in 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 America. Uh, Kevin, who's listening to me in New Jersey, says that. There was no kind of hard and fast rule across America, across all of the states. They all did things differently. So I'm open to correction on that. Is is he right? No, he's wrong. Tell him to come visit me today. I want to see him get into New York. Yes, but come to New York. Yeah, but maybe other states in America did things differently with regards to what they closed, when they closed, in and out of quarantine, yeah, different things like that. By and large, but it, but it but it kills the rhythm of it too. You know, you'd say like like where are we going to go? Are we going to go to New Jersey today? I wouldn't go to New Jersey today because I'm not going to be able to get back. And the reason I'm not going to be able to get back is that they don't want you coming here. They've announced already. If you're in New Jersey, you're in Pennsylvania, you're in Connecticut. Don't come to New York. Yeah, that's being done officially. In the event of in the event of it being a tight race, then um, will they contest the result? Do you think? I mean, it would need to be a landslide for either side. For I mean, would Trump accept defeat? I, I think he will. I, I mean, he, I, I really do. But as far as the legal aspect of it, every lawyer in the United States is going to be suing somebody comes tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I wonder if there's enough time for me to go back to law school. I also I mean, there's wonder. Lawsuits up the. There's going to be lawsuits up the wazoo. But the bottom line, the thing that everybody should kind of remember is the venom that exists now in the United States yes, yes, yes. and in New York City is heartbreaking. It really is. So do you believe that there is a worry, like Sky News this morning are reporting, and even Donald Trump has warned, of violence in the streets? That's the big issue now, is it that kind of venom you talk about, that anger that you're witnessing? Absolutely. For one thing, you can't buy wood any place. All wood is impossible. Anybody planning on building shelves, you could forget about it. Because they're boarding up businesses. Exactly. Because, you know, the cost of a a store's plate glass window is maybe two, three thousand dollars. It's a lot better to put up some plywood and be safe. So all of our stores, Tiffany's, Saks Fifth Avenue, we walk along, especially in the upscale areas like Soho, all boarded up, all boarded up. So they're very concerned about it. All days off have been canceled for all cops and this and the other thing. Now, by the way, having did this doom and gloom forever. Oh, my God. I hope I haven't lost you there because uh, in spite of all of the doom and gloom, you're going to give us some positive news, are you? Exactly. And the bad said we're New Yorkers and everybody didn't leave. Everybody is in a hiding out. Everybody is in moving. So New Yorkers have a way of surviving and we've survived a lot of things and we will survive this. But my point is, I think it's going to be a long time before it gets back to normal, okay. even with the vaccine. Okay, my friend. Well, let's see what the day brings and overnight and into tomorrow. But look after yourself and we'll stay in touch. All right, Peter? You got it, baby. Good talking, pal. Take care of yourself. The Gabby Cabby himself, uh, regular on this program for, oh my God, I'd hate to think, maybe 30 years now. Peter Franklin, you can follow him uh, on his own website, gabby.com, gabby.com. And when things improve and things get back to normal and perhaps you head to New York, the best way to get a tour in New York City 
is in the back seat of Peter Franklin's taxi cab. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Yes, I, inv- I invite criticism and I invite people taking me to task and I invite people, um, you know, challenging things that I do on air all of the time. I encourage it and I like it. And that's when I see a text like from Joe who says, Neil, you never cease to amaze me, you know. You come on air talking about your favorite subject, food. You talk about it being World Sandwich Day and all of the different sandwiches. Then you put on people who are overweight and their problems on food. Do you actually think that is right? It's an interesting one uh, because I do actually because I think everything in moderation is a good thing. It does happen to be World Sandwich Day and I had planned to talk to Lee and I had planned to talk to Paul. I think that with regards to weight loss, nothing should ever be ruled out apart from the earlier period in your life where you need to start losing the weight and it starts to fall off rapidly. When you arrive at a time when you're happy and comfortable with your weight, over that period of time leading up to that even, you can start introducing things back into your life as treats. I mean, you don't want to be living like a monk out in the Skelligs, you know, with the most basic and frugal diet, which you're unhappy with. You know, I think you need to be able to embrace all sorts of different food in moderation. I think they make the plates too big now. I think it's insane. You look at the size of a plate now and the size of a plate 20 years ago and portion control and size. But anyway, that could be it for another day. But thanks for the text, Joe. I hope I've answered it. Um, I do think it's okay to talk about both because I don't think anybody should be denied what they like. It's the amount of things that we like and the quantity that can be the big, big problem over a period of time. Uh, so I hope that clarifies it. Come back to me if you would like to come on air, if you have more things to say, because I do encourage that. In fact, talking to the Gabby Cabby in New York, over in New Jersey, just across Manhattan, Kevin is living uh, and was listening this morning. And if I got back together, he's online too. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Just a slight delay, so we'll do the best we can. I don't believe you're Irish, but have been over here over 15 times. So you must love the island of Ireland then. I do. That in uh, Guinness. Can't stay away from that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I actually made the point on your behalf set where you said different states in America, different cities closed. They had different rules and regulations. In fact, the, the American election is like 50 elections really, isn't it? Just about, yeah, yeah. It's every different state, and then each state then has electoral votes that then total up to who will be the president. Okay, so have you voted? I have, yes. And would it be rude of me to ask for whom? No, you can go right ahead. Uh, I voted for Trump. Why? So, on our side, we're looking at Biden and Trump, and Biden has Harris as his running mate. And Harris is a lot farther left than Biden is. And Biden is definitely not showing any promises of possibly sticking around for the entire four years, which then means we would then have Harris as our president. Are you suggesting that, that Biden, are you suggesting that Biden wouldn't make it through a presidential term, is it? That's correct. And because of his health, is it? His health, his demeanor, uh, I'm not sure he's really capable of being president. Uh, He doesn't seem all with it. During the debates, he was very much uh, off the wall. I mean, as is Donald Trump, and don't get me wrong, Donald Trump is definitely not our best option either. But out of the two options, I would have to lean more towards Trump. Well, that's Uh, what the Gabby Cabby is saying. He's apologizing for both of them because both of them are useless. Uh, Agreed, agreed. But on the... 
which one is less useless? I would have to say Trump is less useless than Biden. Okay, okay. And are you, I mean, are, are you experiencing any kind of tension or division or toxicity like he's talking about? He talks about Manhattan being all boarded up. Um, even Trump is warning of violence in the coming days across America. Talk to me about that. Oh, I agree 110%. I believe I have a number of uh, friends who are in law enforcement and they've already been put on standby uh, for last night, for today, and for tomorrow for potential riots. That's pretty sad, isn't it? The politics would lead to that? It is. It is. But that's the state that we're in, unfortunately. There's been such a division in our country because of whatever policies put in place. And it hasn't just been the past four years. I believe it's been over the past 15, 20 years. It's just been getting worse and worse as the politics split more and more. We're not a united country anymore and our leadership hasn't really done much to and why isn't it if it's been longer than the trump presidency why isn't america um, a united country neil it's a great question i wish i had the answer well is it is it health care is is it health care is it unemployment is it jobs is it um, you know um the open border policy with south america and things like that or is it religious is it all of those things all those things and none of those at the same time. I mean, if you look at unemployment, unemployment was at one of the lowest it's been in decades, and we still had huge division. If you look at religion, religion, I mean, you have so many different religions in the States, but then you have some that don't believe in Americans, and you have some that believe that everything should be, like, no abortions and whatnot, and nobody wants to reason. Everybody wants it their way, and nobody wants to reason with the other side. One of the things and that the Gabby Cabby, one of the things she didn't say on the air, but Brenda's telling me, she said it to him, is everybody now, may, he may well be generalizing, he says everybody in New York now carries a gun. Is that accurate? Surely not. Uh, no, I don't believe so. I know there are shortages uh, on ammunition right now, as far as trying to purchase any kind of ammunition for any kind of weapon. And gun sales are through the roof in preparation if Biden is to get in and get elected. Uh, you are joking of America. Really? Yeah. yeah. It is incredibly hard. My friend who is a police officer had to purchase munitions from a state multiple time zones away. We're talking over towards Kentucky in order just to get for his personal use. Right to bear arms, of course. That's a big division issue as well, isn't it? But you're born and reared in New Jersey, man, are you? I am, yeah. Okay. And um, do, do you, have you managed to trace back any of your ancestors to Ireland, or what's the attraction? So we have really good friends that live in Ireland. They've become great family friends. We visit on a regular basis. Um, there is some lineage back to Ireland, uh, my last name uh, tends to be either Scottish or Irish. Sorry, I don't know that. So what is your What is your surname? Middleton, but only with two D's, not with one, as it is there in Cork. You may, you may well be a distant descendant then of Middleton Whiskey. Did you ever check that out? You could have very wealthy relatives. Uh, I have multiple bottles. Or maybe maybe you might be related to Middleton with regards to the royal family. There could be royal lineage in you. We've talked about that, and I've actually looked in my lineage. There's no connect there, unfortunately. But you, you, uh, you do know there's a beautiful town here in Cork called Middleton with one D. Are you aware? Have you traveled there? 
I have. I've been there, and I've been to the distillery in uh, Middleton as well, the Jameson Distillery. Oh, my God. You know the place well, then. Well, hopefully you'll get to visit when we get out the other side of this election and COVID-19. What do you think? I had plans to come over this past summer, uh, bring my little two-year-old over and meet the friends and family over there. But unfortunately, uh, due to COVID, we weren't able to. So I will be over again soon, though. Okay. As soon well, as this all ends. As soon as you arrive here, send me a text, all right? Do stay in touch. And thanks for listening. I appreciate you listening overseas. Oh, will do. Thank you, Neil. Have a great rest of the day. I appreciate the show. You too. Take care of yourself. Kevin Middleton in New Jersey. Lines open at 1-850-104-106. You can text 086-8104-106. Pick up the phone uh, and do share. Of course, um, polls in America open at uh, midday today. 100 million people have already voted. And one of the points that was made there with regards to uh, Kevin saying that Biden wouldn't be around for the entire presidency. That's the first time I've heard that, actually. Uh, Joe Biden will be 78 years old on November 20th, uh, Trump isn't too far behind him, actually, at the age of 74. So let's see what happens. There's a, it, there's a, there's an element of kind of like showbiz glitz about this whole thing as well, isn't it? I know there probably shouldn't be, but there is, no matter what way you look at it. And undoubtedly, radio and television, certainly the TV networks will be full of the uh, American election from later on. Uh, this afternoon. Okay, in, in other business, one eight fifty one zero four one hundred six. One of the things I mentioned earlier on this morning, um, if I can dig out the paperwork on you. Remember the, doing the newspapers this morning, I was thinking, I was saying that in the seven years, your car insurance uh, or your bike insurance or your house insurance or your fucking lawnmower insurance, whatever you have, has gone up by 50% at a time uh, when actually claims have gone down. The only problem with claims going down is that in spite of the claims going down, it is said that insurance companies actually are paying out more money now than ever before in claims. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't have thought that was the case. I would have thought it was the other way. I thought the courts were getting an awful lot more serious about payouts and what have you. So that's the reality of it. And also, you probably realise that this week that the energy supply companies are yet again putting up the cost of power, whatever energy supplier they use. And that's bad news as well at this time, for sure. Uh, anyway, line four is Willie. Willie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, did you want to pick up on, on insurance and payments? Yeah, and I just, I, maybe just to give you experience that I've had in the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'm referring to car insurance, uh, Neil. That's the one. Yeah, uh, yeah and... Um, my car insurance was due to be renewed in the last few weeks and I got, as you do in the post, you get a renewal letter. And I was fairly shocked really because last year's insurance was 800 and this year's was 1,032. Now, just to give you a, a bit of background information, I've been with this, they're not an insurance company, they're a broker. And I've been with them for the last 20 years and each year it's been increasing 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 and everything to myself you know no claims bonus when you when you kind of continue that and I never had a claim leave you know and I was saying like surely you get some reduction but I in the 20 years that I've been with the brokers I never got a reduction and so when I got the when I got the um the renewal form, I rang the company, couldn't go in because of the COVID. Mm. And, and I, I spoke to somebody and I said, look, I said, is there, do I benefit from no claims bonus? And to my surprise, they said, only up to five years. That I said, I'm 20 years with the with the company. That, that makes no difference. It, like, no claims bonus only goes from one year to five years. So my benefits 
and everybody benefits for that matter, are... After five years, you have no benefits. You have maxed it out. But can you remember, if it's 1,032 now, can you remember what it was, say, 10 years ago or seven years ago? It was roughly 700. Okay, and then it increased by maybe 50 and 100 next year, 100 next year. And this year it was 1,032. And I said to myself, look, I'm getting fed up with this thing. I'm going to check around. You know, somebody actually suggested to me that I should check around. So, I, I first of all, I got onto the brokers and I said, look, I've been a loyal customer of yours for 20 odd years. And, and I said, my insurance is going up every year. Plus, I said, I've been listening to um, the Automobile Association on the television and saying, because of the COVID thing in the last 12 years, we're now in our second lockdown. There's less cars on the road, so there should be less insurance. You should be getting so a bounce said, off it, yeah. yeah. Do you know, so I said, I was expecting a bit of a lower um, quotation. So he said, no, I got no satisfaction. So I said, look, I said, you know, it's okay, look, I'll, I'll check around. So for, for my first time in 20 years, I picked up the golden pages and I checked out two. First was the brokers. The second one was an insurer, an insurer direct insurance company. So the first two out of the golden pages. I didn't even first know the golden pages two. were still around. That's news to me. Well, it's the yeah, pages of the golden pages, whatever they are. Anyway. I didn't even know there were phone books anymore, but there you go. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, maybe it's an over I have, anyway, but I checked it out. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and the first two quotations that I got were less than half of what my my company was given. Oh my God! Do you see that means that your broker didn't doesn't deal with all of the insurance companies? This is one of my points. You see, I like I looked at oh, my, my, my I looked at my my, my um, quotation then, and there was uh, part of my quotation was the the benefit to the to the brokers was one hundred and fifty euro. That's very high as a broker's fee. Actually, it should be more yeah, likely I, to be sixty, seventy euro. But anyway, it was one hundred and fifty euro. So I I I I, I was saying. Why am I paying them 150 euros if I'm searching around? So did you get the same cover then yourself by picking up the golden pages, as the fellow says, for half the price? Exactly. And that's the point I'm making. That's that's the reason I'm on. And like from two different companies, and this was only random. I got a a quote, sorry, I got two different quotes. I got 495 and I got 505. 495 is against 1,032. As opposed to 1,032. And this is because I picked up the golden pages. Now, I'm paying the brokers 130, 150, whatever, every year for them to make the phone call to pick out my, 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 um, my best course. Shop around, isn't it? So important. Shop I mean, around. no matter what you're doing, even if you're getting an extension build, if you're getting a, somebody in to do work as a tradesperson, you need to get two quotes, don't you? That's exactly the point I'm making, and that people should shop around, you know? Okay, good point. Nice one, nice one. And oh. it, like, it, like, it, they should shop around, and like, especially after several months of lockdown, it should have been, it should have been a reduction rather than an increase, you know? Well, you would think with less car. You see, it's very interesting because I was reading the report in the examiner this morning and it said that the average cost of per policy was 670, 676 euro in 2019. Um, but anyway, I won't dwell on that. 
but it, it keeps going up and clearly yours went up sub, sub, substantially more than that. But, but they, they were looking at the amount of people who were claiming, right? Uh, the different, yeah, uh, yeah. the frequency of claims fell by 45% uh, since so 2009. Why did my insurance fall by 45%? No, it, no, it was 45% in the last 10 years. 45% decrease in claims in the last 10 years. But what's interesting is, here's how things have changed. Half of the claimants settled directly you know, just as in the insurance companies didn't argue the toss. Another third went to litigation, as in they went to court. And 17% um, took the award that was given on the list from the Personal Injuries Assessment Board. So that's the breakdown. But if you looked at the average compensation payout, and this is a sizable amount of money. So you take all of the claims from people involved in motor accidents, what have you. It's 46 grand, right? But do you know what the legal costs are on top of that? Twenty-three and a half grand. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. I don't. Insurance companies have to put up with that. But yeah, but forty-six grand, fifty percent on top of the actual payout is insure is uh, legal costs. Right. Do you well, think that's very high? You see, you see, who's benefiting there? Not me. But the people who are benefiting there are the law society, the people in the barristers, the solicitors, and also. The insurance companies. I'm, I'm the person that's getting the insurance. I'm not getting nothing. Shop around, lads. Absolutely. Okay, Willie, that's appreciate my, that's, it. That's my, that's my advice to people. Shop around. If I can get it for half the price, everybody else can get it too. Okay, thanks, Willie. Have a good day. Drive safely. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Okay, squeeze as much as I can in in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Um, Tim says, uh, I predict a Trump landslide. Well, we'll see if you're right this time tomorrow, Tim. I predict a Trump landslide. Uh, the, other, the other one reminded me when I saw that text was the song years back by the Kaiser Chiefs, I predict a riot. One wonders whether that will happen or not. We shall see. Uh, I hope I pronounced this right. It's a beautiful name if I get it right. Mary Lise. Mary Lise. Am I right? Hello. How are you? Okay, you've been just listening there, talking to Kevin in uh, New Jersey and the Gabby Cabby in Manhattan. Um, and, we, and I mentioned guns. Did you want to pick up on that? Yes, I just sent in a text there. My daughter said weeks ago that there's a gun shop near her in her neighbourhood and they pass, every time they pass, there's queues buying guns. And she's in the air retention there underneath, uh, underlining tension. She said if, she, if she's been there for 20 years, she said, no, it's crazy. And I was saying to Brenda, she spoke to me on Saturday night and she said recently there was a five-year-old child that got a hold of the parent's gun and shot himself. In the home? In the home, the uh, cupboard was unlocked. But um, she said just the tension there is shocking. So whether it's Trump or the other fella, I really don't know. And wh- I wonder why during lockdown were people queuing around the corner to buy guns and ammunition? I don't know. Because of, I, uh, like, is this in Manhattan? Is it in a city? No, she's, well, she's living in Portland, Oregon, the West Coast. Yeah. And, and she said, I she doesn't know, but she said maybe, you know, they were afraid, self-protection or whatever their problem is. And although she's there 20 years, um, is she pro or anti-guns? Would she have a gun herself? Oh, no. No, no, no she's no. anti-guns. She yeah. thinks it should be, they should all be gone. Yeah, we're, we're like that by and large. We'd be more afraid of them than anything else. Whereas, whereas in America, it's just what you do for an awful lot of them. They just have a gun. 
Yeah, and it's crazy. It's a very lax. And she says that she notice, uh, notices a lot of tension in the air of late. Yes, yes, she does. She does. And I suppose she hasn't been able to get home. Was she due home at any time? She was home last year, but she it was only saying she'd love to come home, um, but she can't. She can't. Not for now, anyway. Okay. Yeah, well, she's my only child, and there's only the two of us. But as I said to her, look... There's people worse off. We get stuff wrong. That's In it. the end, we get together. Absolutely. you got to be positive about it. All right. Well, listen, Maurice, or Mary Lise, thank you for taking Marlies. the call. Mary Lise. Oh, appreciate Take it. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's open Bye. to 1850-104-106. You know, f- kids who've been away, right? I saw an interesting article in the uh, Australian Daily Mail this morning. They have an, I know the crazy things you read, right? Uh, but it was an article about Generation Boomerang. We've had Generation X and Generation Y and snowflakes and snowballs and millennials and all sorts of things and baby boomers, boomers. Generation Boomerang is the latest one now. These are the kids who are not really kids anymore. They could be in their 20s or their 30s or whatever, late teens, who had gone away but are coming back again uh, to live in the family home. And apparently there's a big conversation going on in Australia as to whether those children, adult children who have come back home to live with mom and dad, as to whether they should be paying rent when they come back to live with mum and dad. And and hundreds and hundreds of Australians are posting on Facebook with lots of different responses, saying that many of them saying that it is beneficial for the children if they come back to the home, to mammy and daddy, to contribute to the rent and to the running costs of the home. Like one person said, I charge mine at 100 Australian dollars a week, uh, covers utilities and basic food. Another one says, nah, you know, they pay their own phone bill, they pay for their personal items, and they're allowed, if they want, to contribute, like picking up things like milk and toilet paper if you run out. Another fellow says, our son is 19, he's just moved back, he's paying 150 euro a week, uh, not for the fact that we need it, but more for him to get into the routine of paying rent. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, without work here, like say your son or daughter was in Dublin and now they're back and they're working remotely. Are you charging them rent? Do you insist that they pay for their portion of the grocery bill or the lighting or the heat? How's it working out here? I mean, for a lot of them, it's very handy because it gives them an opportunity to come home, work from home, be back at home with you. And that's got to be a lovely thing. As long as you got the space for it. And also perhaps an opportunity to save money, whether it's a deposit for a house, deposit for a rent, uh, deposit for a car, uh, or just save money. Anyway, the millennials are moving back home. And the parents are wondering, should they be charging them rent? Your thoughts, please. Text 0868104106. Uh, lots then on um, sandwiches because today is International World Sandwich Day. Linus, who's a regular contributor to the program, is very upset. He's saying that I'm, I should be ashamed of myself. He says, very well, Neil. You said people should, be, should do what they like. I think with somebody's sexuality, uh, that's a very personal thing, thing to them. I believe that people should be allowed to love. I believe that people should be allowed to happy, be happy, and it's none of our business. Um, so that's the point I made on that, Lena. So I hope you agree with me on that. But he goes on to say, but when I said to you on the air recently that I don't like wearing masks, I got slated by you. That's double standards. So it's okay to talk about sandwiches and weight loss at the same time, but it's not okay to say what you think 
Shame on you, says Linas. Now, this, that's misrepresenting the conversations that we've had in the past. You didn't say that you don't like wearing masks. You said that you don't wear masks. I never had a problem with you not wearing masks. The problem that I had with you was you weren't telling people the truth at the door of the shops and supermarkets that you were going into. Do you recall that? Yeah, I never said that. I, I never slated you for not wearing them. I just asked you over and over again, tell them the truth when you're going in the door. You won't wear it. You don't have to wear it. And they won't make you wear it. You were coming up with different reasons and excuses for not wearing it. But you didn't tell them the truth. So that's the only thing. that if I gave you any grief and you're suggesting that I did, it was only about that. So come back to me, Linus, if you wish. And let me know how life is going for you um, with regards to uh, not wearing masks and getting through COVID and what have you. And I assume you're still fit and healthy. But yes, I did mention that it was World Sandwich Day and I asked you guys to let me know what you thought was the best place or the best sandwich. And there's reams of them. You forgot about the crisp sandwich. Uh, crust on McCurtain Street, ham and egg and also ham salad. What a doorstep. You certainly don't need soup with their sandwiches. Most delicious sandwiches in Cork. Crust on McCurtain Street. Hi to Jim and the staff. They provide fantastic services, Bridget. You haven't lived unless you had a white baguette sandwich from the French bakery Cameron on Washington Street. Everything in there tastes like heaven. Is that what heaven tastes like? Food in heaven? Uh, Cameron sandwich. Brackens, it has to be, up in the old Mallow Road. If you haven't had one, you need to get there ASAP. It won't be beaten. I have to say that uh, Cork's best sandwich is Joe's and Bro's, Winthrop Arcade, and now also in Galabi Street. They're savage. I was out cycling last weekend, and they had people queuing, waiting to get in to pick up their takeout from Joe's and Bro's. Uh, the best sandwich... Phil and Fairhill says Brackens, the natural food bakery in Fitzgerald's Park. A beautiful variety of sandwiches, especially their spiced beef on sourdough. Talking of spiced beef and, um, you know, uh, different derivatives of beef, I mentioned the Reuben uh, at Sonny's Deli over in Albert Road. William, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Have you been there? Boy, have I watched. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> um, before I start about Sonny's, I have to give the thumbs up to Bracken's as well. Brilliant service. It's a hard call, isn't it? Sonny's, yeah. Bracken's, the Long Valley, uh, you know, Crust, and many, many other places besides that. But the Reuben roll is out in its own, really, like the Cork Farmers Union, right? Well, I only came across, like I was the, the, I was the local taxi driver below in Blackrock for many, many years, for two decades until all this, um, these evictions and people had to move and things like that. But I was listening to your show one day and you mentioned it. So I said, God, where is this in Jewtown? So I found it. And I have to say, there was about 20 to 30 people outside and I was going to pass by. But I pulled in for a few moments and I swear to God, it's like the Jackie Lennox system. It just... In and out the door, I walked in, I, my eyes were dancing. They had beautiful uh, rolls, they had um, they did a, a red blended curry. Yeah, they do curries, affordable. they do goulashes, they do stews, stuff like that. Salads. But they, 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 they're, they're prepped and ready in such a small little store. I, I'm amazed because... They actually, I don't believe they open in the evening time, Neil. No, um, no, it's all gone and done and dusted by mid-afternoon, yeah. Yes, but I mean, you have Navigation House, you have One Albert Key. All these people, they're surely, they have their own little cafes and restaurants within those buildings, but yet they come out and support the likes of Sonny's, who, like, I rarely eat out, I eat fast food or anything like that. But if, it, if, I, if I was on a day where I couldn't get home to eat or whatever, Sonny's would be probably number one. 
like I look forward to it. They use a salt beef there, which is somewhat different to a spice beef, you know what I mean? That would be the Reuben, and then they'd have the Swiss cheese and the pickles and the sauerkraut and a particular Russian dressing, and it's a crusty roll, you know? It's not one of these soft yeah, ones. I came across it. We, um, Myself and Bobby Lynch uh, in the taxi council, we, we were there with a number of the lads at the actual um, the protest there a number of weeks back in Dublin, and we stopped off. In a, in a, oh my god I can't think of the name of the town but we stopped off in, in town on the way back or something these and they had Reuben balls was the actual on the menu yeah. and I looked and I, I said I couldn't believe this no there was there was six of us and five out of the six had it and everybody's place was just cleaned and someone never had it before it was delicious Absolutely delicious. Well, for people that might want to get their hands on one, it's as well to phone ahead and to book one and then collect. Because if you go in on spec, there's a chance that they're sold out, you know? It could be, but the thing is, it's like at 12 o'clock, there's a queue outside the door. But as I said, it's like Jackie Lennox, they just fly through people. All the, the, a lot of this, they, they kind of know their, they know their business. They, they're, like, they're prepped. I know nothing about them, nor the people in there. I just know they do a great rule and roll. Okay, well, okay, well, listen, let people make up their own mind and go and check it out for themselves. You're not, why aren't you driving a taxi? Has it gone all very quiet now or have you just retired from it? Well, when, when they can't make it in New York, we have no chance of making it in Cork. Stay positive, um, kids, stay positive. And, uh, that's about the size of it. Like, when that man, has, as you said, he's a friend of yours and we've been using him for 30 years, he knows the business. It's, it's I'm totally unviable and I could be here for a whole hour and people are sick of listening about taxis but look it's across the board we don't know our future alright man hang in there appreciate you taking the call thanks yeah, for sharing thanks, on this thanks on for the everything Ruben. thanks Cheers. for everything keep, keep the flag okay the famous Reuben melty sandwich uh, according to Ye Cork legend has it that the original Reuben was invented by a Jewish Lithuanian grocer uh, for members of his weekly poker game in the Blackstone Hotel in Omaha Nebraska but the other account that I heard was that it was a New York creation by a guy called Alb Arnold Reuben a German Jewish owner of Reuben's Delicatessen in New York City. So it's like everything. There's a few different urban myths doing the rounds. Listen, I didn't get to anywhere clear near enough texts and emails this morning. My apologies for that. So for uh, some of the digital passes for the film festival, this is what you need to identify. The bleeped out words, the actor in the movie. Have a listen. Of all the, in all the towns in all the world... She walks into mine. All right, get dialing on that. one 106 Fitzpatrick's in Clownton. Keller's on the North Main Street. Bradley's on the North Main Street. All great sandwiches. Best sandwich used to be the whole grain on Washington Street, but it closed. It was a big loss to the city. The Heron in Fromoy. Listener phoned to tell us about Marietta biscuit sandwiches and fresh bread. She says it's the best sandwich ever, but she's not able to come on today. It's okay because I can actually taste it in my mouth now. A sandwich where the filling is Marietta biscuits and butter. I have to tell you, it sounds delicious. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Digital passes for Claire Dollard in McCroom. Um, and I think we got more than one winner, so see how you go with those. Uh, but just with regards to the little bit of time that I've left, fairly straightforward today. Have a listen. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world... She walks into mine. Oh, that was all bogey in Casablanca, all the gin joints in all the world. So congratulations. Uh, oh, can I just say thank you so much to Twilight News on Patrick Street. They sent me six, maybe eight. They sent me a good half dozen copies of the Hollybow. It's out now. The latest Hollybow, we're all good uh, Hollybows are sold, particularly 
uh, Twilight News on Patrick Street. Thank you for that. Beautiful. It's a real Cork tradition. And we'll talk with John Dolan and the good people from the Hollybow in the later in the week. Lines will stay open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.